were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Daydream Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Space Serpent 18. Today we are doing the epic, maybe epic, <laughs> climatic <laughs> uh, ending to the Clane story. And I know there's a little bit of an epilogue at the series finale, but this is kind of the main apex of the whole thing. Uh, we are at the wedding episode. And um, today I've got a couple of Europeans with me, which I think is amazing. And I would let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Roxanne, and my Tumblr username is Miss Snowfox. And uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about Klein and the wedding, and I'm very excited. <laughs> my name is Kleinship2 on Tumblr and Kleinship on the archive. And I'm really excited too. It's my third time, so the German saying says uh, three times is the best. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> we will see. Oh, well, welcome back, guys. I am so excited to have you guys here. And talking about this wedding episode which is a little bit um i don't want to say controversial but i think people polarizing are very, yeah polarizing <laughs> is a great word <laughs> people have very varying you know very varying you know some people love it some people hate it i'm kind of in the middle um mm-hmm, same I've, i'm a little yep. frustrated with it um <laughs> i have a few rants but there are some minor little things i i, I just love about this episode and, and it's going to be fun to kind of get into that um but the first thing i want to talk about because i think this is super fascinating with you guys being outside of america on this um this episode you know, Ryan Murphy, the creator of the show, is a gay man, and he was very much a big proponent for gay marriage and gay rights, and and as we all are on the show, but um, 
you know, this this particular episode felt like it was putting its agenda before its its actual um, before its characters and its subject matter of you know gay marriage good sometimes felt like it trumped like having this organic story with these characters and I don't mean that as a bad you know obviously America a couple months later um, we uh, we have gay uh, gay marriage now in all fifty states but I, I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys say and what you guys think of this episode. Uh, from that viewpoint, being outside of America. I never really saw it like that, funnily enough. I thought, actually, that the finale of season four was way more heavy-handed with the um, marriage equality thing, like, with, like, Blaine mentioning it in the coffee shop where he's looking at his phone and then, like, talking to Bert, being like, you don't understand what it's like to be able to get married, and then talking to, like, the old lesbian couple about, like, marriage. And, like, I thought that was way more heavy-handed than, like, this one. I felt the the thing that was holding this episode back from its characters was more that they just wanted to get everyone married so they could move on to i don't know the <laughs> dome burning down i guess that was important but i like but in terms of like the agenda funnily enough i actually thought that like they weaved the marriage equality stuff into this really like organically and really nicely i didn't feel so much like it was this huge deal um yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe that's just me. But what did you think, Carmen? Um, I, th- uh, I think I'm I'm with you in this, Roxanne, because I didn't um, feel like um, when 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 Pam mer- um, mentioned that it was like a um, a platform for gay marriage, um, like advertising or however you want to call it. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised and said, okay, really? And I had to look at it from this. I tried to look at it from this point of view when I watched it today. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't find it as heavy as in, in at the end of season four. The thing that always strikes me a little bit, uh, not only here, but uh, during the whole gay marriage discussion uh, anyway, was that um, there is this this uh, huge um, controversial handling in the US like some in some states it's it's legal in some states it's illegal in one country that is something I just can't wrap my head around states rights oh my goodness and you know <laughs> states rights has been a thing since the beginning um, it has always been a Oh, that was a huge thing at actually a little U.S. history lesson for you. It was the huge thing. Do we, are we one nation? Are we just these individualized states? But, um, yeah, that's, um, you know, you go from state to state and it's very different cultures. Um, you go from county to county sometime and you get very uh, different cultures. And I think that's kind of funny when everybody's like, okay, this is completely Americanized. Well, what part of America do you mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, the, it's, the, oh, the, go ahead, the cultural thing I absolutely get, because I think that's, that's the same in every country. You can't compare the South of Germany, which is what Americans might have in their head when they think of Germany. <laughs> it's the same. They always think of the Bavarian 
type of people mm-hmm. and, and and landscape uh, but but it's completely different if if you are in the south of germany or in the north or even in the western part or the eastern part that hasn't been german for so many years and is reunited uh, since maybe how how long is it now now eight, 28 years Something like again. That, yeah mm-hmm. Uh, so the cultural thing I absolutely get, but mm-hmm. for example, if I think uh, uh, about Rachel's dads who are married in whatever state and are living in Ohio where it isn't legal, are they? You know how is how does that work? Are they married in Ohio or not, or do they live there? You know, like undercover or sure. You know, um, I'll explain, but just really quick as a really quick off topic thing. I, I, where I went to high school, because I moved around a lot, we had this little town next to us called Frankenmuth, and they kind of tried to rip off this German culture, which you, it sounds like it's the southern. I, I'm not familiar as much with the, the geography of Germany, but, um, and they have like the Bavarian Inn, and it's all of like Lederhosen, and it, it's just, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed on, you know, <laughs> all of Americans <laughs> that this like kind of exploitation of ridiculous, maybe, you know, whatever century that is Germany. I'm like, oh, everything is in that like Bavarian in style and everybody has That's to what I meant. oh i'm so sorry like if you ever <laughs> you know, come to america you know, please sorry like, I think <laughs> that you stereotype people uh, and i think to, to a certain degree it's it's normal and it's understandable because the cultures are different and of course you stereotype and and you take the biggest differences and the things that stand out the most and that's how you describe like French, what do you think we we we, we t- uh, say about uh, French people? You know, national <laughs> um, relationship. <laughs> we had one had a very special relationship, and I don't want to start it on the British. That's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because it's like, oh, sometimes you know, you're just like, why are you doing this? And they're like one of the most profitable cities and or little towns in my whole state. So I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, like I said, I'm. <laughs> um, but anyway, to get back to your question, um, yep. to to answer your question, uh, basically each state would have its own set of rules, or they did before the federal ruling of marriage equality. Um, and so let's say if you were married in Indiana which ha- was legalized. Um, if you went over to Ohio, your marriage would not be legal. So there's a, a, a certain set of rules. So if you're in Indiana and you're married, you can, you know, if you're in same-sex marriage, you can, you know, apply for benefits. You can, you know, all of the, like, uh, Checks rights things. that a spouse, get the tax things, the rights, mm-hmm. you know, like to go see, you know, if your spouse was in the hospital, yeah. you can mm-hmm. be with them. You make decisions on their estate. Okay, so but if you legally move to Ohio and your marriage is not recognized by the state, you lose those particular rights. Um, so again, if your spouse dies, even though you're legally married in Indiana and you're in Ohio, if your spouse dies, um, you are not automatically getting that inheritance. I mean, it goes to your next of kin, which is not your spouse, but your your mother, your son, your whatever. It would yeah. go there. Um, you would not be legally allowed inside the hospital. You would not be, uh, you cannot file joint taxes. So you would have to follow the rules of whatever state you are particularly living in. Makes um, you wonder why time. people wouldn't just 
live in the state they got married. Yeah, like, not that. I mean, about yeah. Well, this in this like within the in the case of the berries, I I can't answer. I mean, why would you move to freaking Ohio in the first place? I, I, <laughs> as I live right north of Ohio, I love Ohio, but you guys are just as ridiculous as we Michiganders are. Um, it's a Midwest thing. Um, <laughs> But it's sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes, you know, if you are living because of your economic status or, you know, because of, you know, outside factors. I mean, the United States is a pretty big place. We can't all get to New York City and live in New York City or get well, to no, San I did, Francisco. Like, I guess I just mean in the case of Indiana, for example, like surely like because no mean, one wants without wanting to like sound really awful. But surely Indiana and Ohio are basically the same place. Like you could. Just yeah. Well, at the same time, if you know, education wise, like let's say I have a family. Mm. Indiana's education is just horrible. So it's like, we have to choose one or the other. Like I would rather raise my kids in Ohio. Um, and then, you know, and that trumps me wanting to uh, like have a legal marriage in Indiana. It really just depends on what your priorities are, what Mm. your stat, you know, again, what these, all of these other factors are. So, um, Luckily, that's yeah. not a problem anymore. That is for not a problem. Any- well, God help well, us. Well, you know, the like Supreme you know. Court won't overrun that again or something can stupid. They um, they can. You can like delegalize a law. Yeah, I mean, prohibition was a thing for a long time, <laughs> and then they like, hey, yeah, we can. Yeah, no, you can. You can always um, overturn the way our, our our legal system and our government works. They're always in, supposed to be these checks and balances. It's so broken right now that I don't. Let's not even get into politics. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a lot of um, you know, nothing is set in stone a hundred percent that it cannot be. 100% changed. So, um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully it will stand the test of time. And then, uh, you know, and, and I also want to reiterate the, that marriage equality is just one step. I mean, oh, there's sure. all of these other, yep. you know, gay right factors. I mean, yep. having it completely normalized, ha- making sure that, you know, these kids are, just, I mean, they're still, these kids, it's 2019, these kids are still getting beaten up out there. Still, yeah. you know, when we're still having problems with African American or women or, you know, <laughs> there's all of these other social issues that mm-hmm. we're still working on. And I'm sure globally we're working on, but. And I think um, this is like one of those things, isn't it? That, and not like, and I don't want this to sound like I think, oh, well, therefore marriage equality shouldn't have happened. But in a way, this is sometimes the problem when a really big legislative thing happens. Like, for example, you know, we have our first black president or we have marriage equality. There are many people, and, and I don't understand why they think this way, like, but they're just like, oh, well, clearly there's no more homophobia. And I'm just yeah. a bit like... Uh, and it's very frustrating because, like, how do you actually explain to these people what that actually means? And it's like, I don't know if you right. actually believe this or if you're saying it because it's easier for you to be like, yeah, exactly. well, well even, I mean, even take a look to take it one step in a different direction. You have, you know, you have these superhero movies with just the women protagonists. You got Wonder Woman, you got Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and there are these idiot men who are just like raging against this. I mean, that's just. A, you know, one gender versus the other. That's fifty percent of the world's population that you know these people all seem to have an issue with. You know, it, it it's like we're still working on that. It's yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah. I don't know, but I I do think getting back to the episode, I do think it's relevant. I do think it is 
it was important to have an episode with, you know, all of these kids. Uh, well, okay, we'll get to that point in a second. All these uh, characters <laughs> getting married, um, these same-sex couples. I, it, it is great to normalize that, hey, we're going to celebrate love. We're going to celebrate these two couples. Um, were they too young? We're going to get into that in a second. But, uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, let's, okay, so let's talk about the youth thing, though. How do you guys feel, because we talked about this a little bit, and it's kind of funny, we we actually filmed, recorded the script episode that's going to actually air after this, mm-hmm. um, but well, I, I'll, I, how do you guys feel about the fact that these are essentially two young couples? I mean, how old are they're they both, supposed to be again? Kurt's definitely 21, because Ryan yeah. Murphy promised us, and they kind of alluded <laughs> to it, um, but for the most part, they're, they're 20, 21-year-olds, getting married i mean look i think this is the thing when you watch a show like glee where your protagonists are so or or they start out so young and you're not in a position where you can actually see them through to like real adulthood like you know to their late 20s and early 30s like say friends did i think that when you create these really iconic couples, it does feel like a bit of a cheat to the audience that they don't get to experience the happy ending of them ending up married and like sealed. On the other hand, obviously, realistically, I do personally think that 21 is too young. However, I will say that if any couple deserved to get married based on the strength of their relationship and what they've been through and their maturity levels, I do think Clayne deserved it the most. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that is a relationship that I can actually see standing the test of time, even though they were each other's first love and even though they were teenagers when they met. I think in that case, I could see that in real life and be like, yeah, I get it. Um, Did we need two weddings? Uh, we'll get onto that but like yeah I I think that it probably comes at the end of like a very tiring stint of Finn and Rachel getting engaged and then Brittany and Santana getting engaged and then Kurt and Blaine getting engaged and calling it off and then Kurt and Blaine and it's like a lot of teen wedding talk and I think probably had they just had the one maybe it would have been more realistic but from what I understand because I watched a bunch of like after buzz kind of shows about uh, Glee at the time when Finn and Rachel were engaged and according to them like in the Midwest it's not actually that un- unreasonable and uncommon for this to happen well and I will I will counter that with when you come from a small town um, and just kind of knowing the culture that's kind of the same culture as Ohio um, people have a tendency to do one or two things. You go out, you get your college degree, you go do your career, you do your thing. You, you know, you may, you meet somebody in college, you may not, you may go, you know, and then that's your life. Or you stay in town, you marry your high school boyfriend, or you marry the person that, you know, a townie with you. You pop out a couple of kids, you probably get divorced. And I mean, most of the couples that I know that got married right out of high school, and there were a few. I mean, yeah, it's not like it was a low number, but it was not. You know, there's a difference between Clayne's fairy tale, purposefully fairy tale arc, and these people. And I'm not, I'm not throwing judgment on these people either. I mean, I really like to make that clear. But like this whole like, hey, we're in this town. We're not planning on going anywhere. Uh, this is my life is not going to amount to much more than 
working this job I'm comfortable in. Let's pop out a few kids. Like Finn and Quinn, basically. Like, didn't she say that? She's like, Finn and I will stay here and we'll raise a family and he'll work at the tire shop and I'll work in real estate and that's going to be our life, you know? And that's that's exactly what happens. And sometimes, you know, people get, a lot of times people get divorced out of that because they realize, oh, I actually have to spend the rest of my life with this person, you know, they they don't (laughs) look the the way they used to, they don't act the way they used to, oh, that person's cheating on me, you know, it's just a whole lot of other factors that go into it, and (laughs) I feel like there's this issue, uh, especially among fandom, to kind of forget that we're talking about a, a, a fictional couple who is meant to be in a place of a fairy tale. This is meant to be a storybook mm-hmm. romance. It's not real. I mean, yeah. And then the second half of it, there's all this realism. And I always talk about how they made clean into a real couple, but at the end of the day, it's still the end. It's just romantic. Yeah, yeah. It's just meant to be romantic. But do and you think, think it would have been a cheat, like to have like, no marriage at all because realistically like if we want them to be you know a healthy couple tm you know like maybe they shouldn't have gotten married right like at this age especially with everything else that was going on in their personal lives and having just gone through a breakup but like i wonder if it would have just felt a bit uh, like if they'd have just been like okay we're back together and that's the end of the series i think it would have been okay so me personally I think it would have felt less satisfying, especially for Tana, which had no buildup, um, got to do it. But at the same time, I wouldn't have been disappointed if they had gotten, like, it, it depends on how they would have done it. If they would have gotten back together and actually given more time to the reunion and given more time through the last five episodes and given more time, like if Clayton's wedding was in the finale, yeah. Um, or, you know, if they had done an elopement or done something that they were, they really solidified through their communication with each other. Um, I would not have been dissatisfied with not having a wedding in this one. However, um, you know, this is, this is always where they were going. Um, and with a story, I mean, way back, even in season two, they were going to live there happily ever after it in Glee's world was it's marriage. So yeah. Carmen, what do you think? Yeah. But I, I think they did that time jump anyway, at the end of the series, uh, at the end of the season. So they could have easily uh, put in a, a wedding in a, in a, a little bit more of an appropriate age, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I think. Yep. but still have it in the season. They did the time jump. So why not? do the time jump and say, okay, they have been together. They didn't move out. They didn't have to move out. They, mm-hmm. they are still together. They have learned to to be together and to, to live their relationship. And now they're planning. And maybe the last uh, episode could have been about Kurt getting the same anxieties as, as Brittany got and planning That's, his wedding. Yeah. And that wedding could be, mm-hmm. that could be because the, this marrying right out of high school is a thing that for I think for Germany is very uncommon. So most, most uh, I mean the the distances in Germany obviously are not as big as in 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 America. So going to university, which would be the equivalent to college or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, into another city, isn't probably that much of a separation like in america where you have to to uh, go to a plane to visit each other and can't just 
sit in a train for two and a half hours and have the same. <laughs> uh, so it, it's different. Of course, Glee, but set in Germany. So fewer breakups. <laughs> oh, that would, that would <laughs> literally be delightful. <laughs> And uh, but but still, uh, if if people, I think people would wait, even if they stay in their town, they would have to to um, do an apprenticeship for a job or whatever. So they would at least wait until they had done their training or their school or their university or whatever, and are settled in their job and earn a little bit of money, and then they would go for marriage. And they would mm. check up before, of course, they would live together. Um, yeah, which is not approved by some people, but they still would do this. And then they would marry some, some I don't know, three, four, five years into their relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of the same thing happens in the UK. Like, I mean, I'm actually Polish. So over there, I mean, it it kind of works similarly. The only difference is, is that it's a lot more common. Um, in fact, it's very common that... For, that um, I, I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but if and if you fall pregnant by accident, for example, where I'm from, and this happened to um, a cousin of my, well, by accident, they were together for like eight years, but I don't know what happened. Like, so just something, something happened, and then there's a baby. Um, but uh, they actually had to get married straight away, so she got married while she was pregnant, um, and they're still happily married, and and uh, and now they have four kids. So there you go. <laughs> but um, I don't know, like, if that's something, you know, obviously that's not going to happen with. Clean or with Britannia, but like, I don't know. If, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I mean, you know, Finn Finn didn't propose marriage to to uh, uh, Quinn when she was pregnant, but I guess maybe they were too young at that point. I don't really know how that would work in the US. Like, if it's expected of you to get married if you get pregnant. Uh, well, it's yes under. Tr- I'm gonna uh, put in air quotations uh, traditional values. Um, th- Mostly a, a, a Christian-based set, uh, that kind of a part of the population kind of, you know, it's a, you know, sex is so taboo with, uh, you know, I don't know how it is more so in Europe, but like with America, it's such a taboo thing. Like you can't talk about yeah. sex. Um, and you know, we don't want our teenagers to be doing it, but you know, they will, and we won't talk to them about it, but then they have kids. So, you know, you, you got to get married to this person because you know, you're whatever it it comes actually from a lot of, um, Puritans that came over from, Mm -hmm. from England and, and that kind of viewpoint, the Victorian era, that kind of viewpoint. Um, and, and these, like I said, quote unquote, traditional values, a lot of people break away from that. A lot of people, you know, it's especially in, in our generation's, um, younger generations, if you get well, first of all, there are less pregnancies because people are are beginning to be a little bit more knowledgeable, or at least yeah. <laughs> have more conversations. But um, it's not as much as it used to be. Even when I was a teenager, like yeah, if somebody got pregnant, it was kind of a forced like, well, you probably should get, and then they'd get divorced. I don't know why this is better, but they'd get divorced like two years later. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and then that's fine. But you know, um, but. For the most part now, it's not as bad as it was even 10 years ago when the show aired, when, you know, with Quinn's, you know, thing. But, um... But I like your idea, Carmen, about having the finale be Clayne's wedding because I think, and you know, I'm I'm sure we'll get into this, but I feel like may- maybe the reason why a lot of us do feel cheated is because you know we had this, we had so many amazing moments for them. You know, we had kind of the build up to you know you know them having their first kiss, and we had the big build up to their having the first time, and then the amazing engagement, and then it's just kind of maybe you know yeah, and you know I'll admit it, it feels a bit 
cheap for me. I'm like, oh, I kind of, you know, this is their big moment, like whether you believe in marriage or not, like, you know, but it's like exciting and it's meant to be romantic and it's a shippy thing. And it's like, oh, they just kind of had to share it and and they didn't even get to do it. And I know you guys have discussed before how kind of their engagement was kind of symbolic of this like big marriage and like the rose petals and everything and that was kind of their thing but had we had them maybe just get together like get back together and then have the rest of the season just play out the way it plays out and then maybe in the time like have the whole like last episode be one big futuristic episode in which it's just them getting married like that would have been awesome I think well and and I will give you a couple of reasons why that didn't happen um it goes back to uh, uh, kind of essentially what these writers wanted, the story that they wanted to tell and how they wanted to tell it. And I think that when it's one of these things that like, even I kind of missed when the first time I'm like, why the hell are they doing all of the stuff that they're doing? But their choices make way more sense when you put it on paper and you look at what they're doing. Their story of season six is about getting the Glee club back together and you know, music education and, um, you know, starting up the Glee Club. That was their storyline of this season is that they were going to, you know, get the Glee Club back together, running well, and then the rest of the, the characters were going to go all move on to their happy ever and after ever. The, these romantic relationships, which are, were always, you know, everyone, I think even the general audience's favorite part of the, the, the show was actually a B-plot to the bigger story that they the writers wanted to tell that is why mm-hmm. we got a sue episode that is why we got you know this episode about a kid that's like who wants to see this new character <laughs> like five episodes from the end um but the the bigger story was um you know their ending was not actually the last episode but it was episode 11 it's we built this glee club and they do their yeah. sectionals episode and it's supposed to mirror the end of season one where they do the sectionals episode and they win and everything's fine and everything's going to go on. And that was, that's their ending. Um, yeah. 2009 is kind Then I claim the penultimate episode for the clan wedding and then the ultimate episode for the, for the, for the big. Well, yeah, you know, and musical education thing. (laughs) So to me, it's like, okay, if you're, they're planning this whole, this whole season, they're like, okay, well, we'll tick off. We're going to just check off these boxes. Okay. We're going to get Clayton and Britannia married, check that box off in eight. And then, you know, we'll give the newbies an episode and then we'll give Stu an episode. Cause they felt like they needed to, cause they had an extra episode. And then they have their last episode. And then the last two are really epilogue type things. You know, you mm. get your flashback, which is poetic, yeah. which is beautiful episode in 2009. Yeah, and right. then you get the finale, which is really essentially just an epilogue. It's this is what happens, yeah. you know, after the ending. I just and can't so, help but feel that if oh, you yeah, know I, Finn was, but like if Finn was still with us, I feel like if it was he and Rachel, they would have got the finale. Like they would have got yeah. their final wedding moment. And like, I mean, unless they really were going for what they told us they were going for in the quarterback, which is that she would come back. To, I don't See, really buy I, that. I don't really buy I that. They would have ended up married. I think what they were going to do is the actual, and this is going to be like, oh, groan worthy. I think that this episode was going to actually be Clayne's episode. Britannia was not originally intended to even be a thing. Um, oh. um, I don't think... You know, there was probably a possibility that Heather Morris didn't want to come back. And so, it, you know, whatever. It, it, Britannia 
and and we'll get to the actual like episode and details and stuff like that was always a fan mandated thing i don't feel like the writers ever had any kind of interest in writing britanna i think it was one of those things where they're like okay fine whatever we don't have anything else to do with these characters we'll just you know do that uh, which I think is shortchanging. That I'm not even a big Britannia fan, but I do think it's shortchanging their fans when it's like half-heartedly written sometimes. And then I think that Clay would have had the big wedding episode, and Finn and Rachel would have had kind of the Clay spot in that they would have been like, "Hey, we're going to get back together at this wedding kind of thing." Right. And right, then the right, last right. episode would have been them cementing you know either getting married or getting you know it would have been a surprise thing like the jesse and rachel thing or you know something that was like show her coming back or whatever but um i do think that mm-hmm. that's what ha- would have happened that's my personal yeah opinion. no that's so. yeah i think yeah maybe you're right about that actually yeah but i think that, that so yeah so that the ending being part of the glee club storyline which is what the writers want to do this just kind of checked up the box and to add on it well you know let's make this about um you know marriage equality so let's make it a double wedding we'll make our we'll make our fans happy and we'll spread this you know message and i think in doing that though i feel because it was a little bit i feel like the whole thing was a little bit forced and that I, I I think that it, especially because, and I've always been a proponent. It should have been two to let these moments breathe. It should have been two hours long. Um, you kind of, you know, it it kind of shortchanges both couples in a way. I think that you know, not having the screen time dedicated to one full couple and giving them the full romantic story. I, it, it does feel a little, not to mention, and we'll get into the Mike and Tina stuff. Like, why is that even the role? But. So, yeah, I mean, so, I actually feel bad for Britannia fans and us Clane fans because I'm like, you know, I I also wouldn't like it if my OTP was like hijacked by this other wedding. Like, it's almost like I can hear them screaming, "Can we not have anything for ourselves?" <laughs> it's like, right. no, apparent, apparently you can't, but nor can we. So like, exactly, and Glee was always really huge in its parallels. I mean, when I go back to the yeah. breakup episode, yeah. realizing the original one, realizing that that was the same story told over three couples yeah. um it's frustrating it is i'm like it, it's it's almost a lazy start like it, it feels lazy and that okay well you know we'll just tell the same story and we'll just split up the story beats between the two couples so you can infer all of the stuff from one couple to over and it's almost as if they're treating their characters if they're interchangeable and they're not i mean something that we all love about these characters is that they grew into being these unique wonderful characters and to treat them as if they're all the same story feels disingenuous oh yeah so yeah um let's get into britanna though um since they've they've had this three arc three episode mini arc going into this episode um and uh, you know, it's fine. I, I could have done without, you know, you, you I get it. You have Brittany's parents who are guest stars. Um, and so when you have guest stars, you kind of want to utilize them. But a lot of the beats with her parents kind of fall a little short. Like, why are we wasting time on this? Um, the whole thing with um, 
I think that I do think what worked for me was the Britney being kind of like a crazy bride and like all of the funny little beats with her, like with the chicken or her with like, you know, I need to do this and this and this. And that, that I did think was funny. Well, struck um, me very interesting watch because I obviously haven't like really seen I mean I've seen this episode like when it aired but I didn't really watch season six properly and we obviously didn't see Britney for season five like at all really Mm -hmm. and so I'm just like it kind of shocked me how different she's acting to the last time that I saw her which I think would have been season four and I just feel like she feels very she feels like a different person to me I don't know like she's acting less dumb in a way like I can't really put my finger on it like she's acting less childlike and stuff and I don't know like it just makes me feel like it's not really Britney like I don't know like I can't put my finger on it but I also didn't really peg her as the bridezilla type like she just is always chilled out she's always the one that's telling Santana to calm down and she's always the one that's like yeah whatever like you know I'll just sit here and like you know stare at stuff and think about unicorns like I don't know I feel like that was a bit shoehorned in like the bridezilla kind of aspect I like I really don't know like why it was yeah I don't know why it was her that was the bridezilla and not Santana that just doesn't make sense to me well I think that just to my own headcanon would be they wanted they have this emotional story with Santana with Sue and and her abuela that's true and I think that giving her the more serious that automatically makes Brittany the one that's a little bit and Brittany's traditionally been a little bit more like WTF, mate? What's going on with her? Yeah, um, that's true. That's so true. I, I don't. I, I personally, gosh, I always Heather Morris, and I say this with a lot of love. She's a great dancer. She's not a very good actress. So just in right. general, um, she I did Britney really well. Like in the big, like in the like when she was being like Britney, I thought it worked really well. Like, <laughs> but she was given mostly one-liners, and yeah, and when you, it's easier to sell a one-liner than it is to carry the emotion half of the emotional weight of no, story. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that I think that's one reason why I've just never bought Britannia. But you know, and to me, I don't feel like Britannia is the. I mean, I can understand them like eloping and saying F you to the establishment and like getting tax write-offs and everything. But I just, as a traditional wedding, I don't see either Britannia or either Brittany or Santana really going in for the traditional romance and gowns and traditions. And so that, I don't Oh my God, I never me. thought about it that way. Yeah, you're yeah. right. They're not really like that. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a that's a clean thing. So uh, this whole idea that they would be really super into this traditional wedding stuff seems fan servicey, which is I don't say that I like I don't think fan service is a bad thing, but I I think it had more to do with fan service than it did with actually being true to the characters <laughs> yeah no, that's true i will say though that santana's storyline in this episode is probably one of my favorite ones of season six okay. i think like uh, well because so i'm like really close to my grandparents like my grandparents are my best friends so anytime that like there's any grandparent like content on tv or in books or anything it just really moves me and seriously like i've seen this episode so many times now but every single time that Santana's grandma walks into that room, like, and we're not expecting to see her, like, I just start crying. Like, I can't help it. It's just like, and it's, but like, 
you know, they've not been speaking for years at this point, you know? And it's just like, you know, just to see them like hugging and Santana kind of, you know, saying thank you to Sue. It's just like the most heartwarming thing ever. And and also I love the fact that they wrote it really really i mean glee doesn't do realism very well at all but this one i thought was really good i love the fact that her grandma says you know i still don't believe it's right for two women to get married but i still want to be in your life and that's probably more realistic than being like yeah you know what i completely have changed my mind as you know i'm an old woman who's set in her ways but i completely agree with everything and let's wave a rainbow flag like no that's (laughs) not going to happen but sometimes you know you can you know look at the world and be like you know there are people that are going to be set in their ways there are people that are going to be older and that don't understand certain things that that doesn't mean that they're terrible people and that doesn't mean that they can't still support their kids and support their family members you know like that's it does doesn't mean that like they're awful people and I love that that was like just like that one little moment I was like that's actually really really awesome mm-hmm. and it, and spirit uh, I, I thought this uh, storyline or this plotline was very well done as well and I think it's uh, mirrored what you just said about um, the grandmother um, about the abuela uh, is very well mirrored in the sentence that Santana answers to her that she also doesn't believe in the things uh, the real, uh, of course, she means the religious stuff and, and yeah, exactly. of the abuela, but still she loves her. And it, loving other people is not in believing everything they love, but in supporting them in living their lives like they want to live it. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. What, what family should be like and living uncon- uh, loving unconditionally. And you know what? Oh, go yeah. ahead, Sarah. I just wanted to say in times when 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 uh, people that come out as gay uh, still get um, disowned from their families, this is a very important um, thing to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you guys have such a positive take on it and you guys have gotten so much out of it because my cynicism coming through here, um, like in episode six, they basically say, look, because, you know, the the boiler, uh, she's not having it. And Brittany has this wonderful speech where it's like, fine, you can hate all you want. We're going to still go love each other and we're going to make our own family. And you can, you know, go be wrong in your wrongness. And to me, that was such a powerful moment that this feels a little like, well, we're going to like, um, you know, make it a a happy ending and it is it is good to show you know santana's grandmother as you know at least trying to love her her granddaughter um and still saying you know i may not still believe it but to me i thought it was just i personally really liked the the moment in six where they put their where she put their foot down or Brittany put her foot down and said look we don't need you in our we're sad to do this but we don't need you in our life if you can't be supportive we're still gonna go out and and live and be people yeah i haven't seen that episode so yeah yeah, what happens true that's true i mean i think like it's it's probably also like maybe whether you know if you come from a culture that really kind of values i guess like family relations and stuff because I think if you then aren't speaking to your family that's really difficult you know and I think Mm -hmm. you know especially for LGBT people who you know yeah like you said Carmen do get 
disowned by their families and things you know i think especially if they come from traditional backgrounds i can imagine i mean i don't we don't really get much about santana's family background but if she is uh you know i mean if she comes from a traditional latino household that then we're probably expected to believe that you know she has very strong family connections so if it's anything like my family like that's very very important so i can imagine that just kind of i mean is santana in the scene with Brittany in episode six or or is it or is it yes just oh, okay. um yeah basically santana says like we're getting married and she sings this really emotional song to her grandmother and saying you know i love this woman i want to be with her this is who i am and you're gonna have to accept that and the grandmother basically says no i don't Mm -hmm. i don't accept any of this and i really don't want you in my life and so Brittany, her scene basically says um she says you know what your old fashioned ideas are going to die out with you and we're going to go make our own life and our own family. And you could just go again, be wrong in your wrongness. Um, so, and I, I feel like that is the, I don't know. It, it, sometimes you get people and I, I do think that it, Glee is always taking the more optimistic route of people will grow and learn to be accepting where my cynical, my cynicism comes through and is like, eh, I don't think people are able to change or be as open-minded as yeah. Glee likes to portray, but that's not a bad, it's not a bad thing to have that positiveness in there. Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, I don't think that they necessarily, like, I don't think that, you know, Santana's grandma necessarily will, you know, all of a sudden be a different person. But I think that there is maybe like some merit to sort of like, well, you know, saying that kind of, well, fuck the police and I'm just going to go and do what I want. And, you know, I don't, I don't need you sort of thing like to, you know, again, I haven't seen the scenes. So I don't know exactly right. how it goes down. But I think it's sort of like, I would probably take the approach of, well, you know, even though this is a really, really important issue, you know, this kind of thing, yeah, it does really splinter families. And if you can find common ground, if you can mm-hmm. find the common ground of, well, no, okay, I don't believe this because it's hard for me because this is what I've believed my whole life. But I still want to be at your wedding. And like she says, I want to see the birth of your kids and I want to be at every important day that you have. And I want to try, Mm. Um, you know, I think that it's sort of like if you can find that common ground of what you both believe rather than, you know, well, I don't believe this. I mean, again, I don't know how vicious she came across the grandma in episode six. I probably should have watched it. I didn't even know she was in the rest of the season. I was like, oh, this is the first time she shows up. No, she's actually in episode six. Oh, there you go. I have failed. (laughs) It's okay. Um, It's so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I kind of going left turn from that, I guess. I do think, I do think Britannia got a little bit better than Clayne out of the episode. Um, I do think they get some very nice, sweet moments together yeah. in a way that Kurt and Blake, and we, we were talking about this when we did the script, don't say much to each other in this entire episode. Um, but um, Britannia gets some nice moments for them. Um, the funniest part is to me is the fact that um, they get married and then that's it. You don't know yeah. what happens to them. You don't know where they go. You don't know what they do with the rest of their life. You don't know. I mean, it's frustrating sometimes when like, you know, with all of these stories, you know, the wedding is the end of the story. Well, wedding doesn't have to be the end of the story, but um 
you know, you're not going to hear, this is it. The Brittany and Santana do not get another speaking line in the rest of the series. Um, and so did they just not have Heather and I are available or something? I don't understand how that I, Well, I mean, if I, when you look at the narrative of the finale, you kind of can see there isn't really, they're going to the original characters and Blaine for the most part, but, um, and focusing on that and, and Britanna has, have, I mean, they haven't been focal characters in years. I mean, as you said, Brittany, I mean, yeah, they were in the New York arc a little bit, but not to the focus of the other six characters. And before that, Brittany left at the end of season four, Santana has not really had a real storyline since about season four. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she had the stuff with, like, with uh, Rachel and the whole like feud stuff for half of the yeah. season in season five, but they haven't been really huge characters for a long time. So I'm not surprised that they kind of are written out like this, but um, I, I just personally would think, you know, there, I, there are actually a lot of Britannia fans. I'm sure they're happy with us out there. If they were my favorite characters, I, I would feel a little yeah about it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Clayne gets more after this, even if it's not a lot, but, um, but yeah. Um, the other funny thing I want to mention, though, is that I watched this episode with my mom way back in when, and my mom was so funny about it. She, they got married, and mom goes, yeah, that'll end in divorce. <laughs> my well, mom, I'm like, well, all four of them. No, just Britanna. Um, um, Britanna? Like, yeah, just Britanna. I said, why is that? She's like, well, she's like, Santana's too mean, and if I was Brittany, I wouldn't put up with it. But um, hilariously, she's just like, yeah, this couple just doesn't work for me. And I, I guess I've always kind of adopted that same. It just doesn't really resonate as a great romance. So I kind of like, I, I hope the shippers are happy. hope the fans are happy. I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Britannia would have worked for me a lot more. I think if, the, if they hadn't had Santana be so manipulative in the beginning, because I love friends to lovers and I like that whole best friends thing as well that they had going on like it's a dynamic that I should really really like but I think that having her say to Brittany like well you should dump Artie and be with me because you should and then just and then also making Brittany cheat on her when she didn't know any better sorry cheat on Artie when she didn't know any better and that I think soiled that dynamic really early on for me and then I just couldn't really get behind it also I just found it a little bit and like and this is kind of like not super Britannia related but I just found it irritating Santana's whole coming up coming out arc in general because they kind of started off by implying that she was maybe bisexual and then she identified as a lesbian but we never actually saw her coming to terms with identifying mm -hmm. as a lesbian so I was just like okay fine I guess she's a lesbian now <laughs> I don't really know what's <laughs> happening there but yeah and also like you guys have mentioned Britney just having very little agency and just like Britney's bisexuality just being meaningless in the show and, it, and it's, yeah it's just like but I think like it's in a, but in a weird way, I can't imagine anyone else wanting to be with them for the long haul. If that, so in, so in my head, like, I can it kind of goes think. back to like Glee. It feels like it, it wants to, it, you know, the, it's the type of show Glee is. It's got, you know, the Glee Club shenanigans of you know winning competitions, and it's got the romantic relationships, and that's really what it hinges on more than like a family relationship or friendship relationships aren't as prominent in the show as these other relationships. So <laughs> I guess it does make sense that 
especially when you have a lot of a very vocal Britannia fan base wanting Britannia. And I, I guess the other thing is like, um, I understand that, you know, Glee fans really, really wanted a two, you know, a, a female, female couple, which is, you know, it is a thing that should have been done, you know, like there are so few really good stories out there on television and even in film with two women in a romantic relationship. It is very quite sad. And I do think the show would have done a disservice if they hadn't shown that, you know, side of the LGBT community, but it just, this, yeah everybody knows how i feel about it so yeah. i mean it's fine isn't it it's you know it's, it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's fine and they didn't really have like an alternative for either of them that was actually like long term apart from no. sam so no, like or that they could have developed yeah um so and they know i mean god knows quinn and rachel were not actually going to be a thing so yeah. <laughs> well, according to Sue, then it might be <laughs> she's gonna get on that. <laughs> no. Oh God! Sue the shipper is just very, very appealing to me. I just find it absolutely hilarious that this is now how she's gonna spend her old years. Like, is just pairing yeah, people, pairing up. people up. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else you want to say about Britannia before I move on from them? Um, no. Um, okay. Okay, so kind of moving on, I want to actually touch base on the Mike and Tina story. Um, this, okay, my couple spitfire thoughts are, A, this is the last time Tina and Mike and even already really get a, a storyline in the show. So I do, I think that they uh, were rewarded with actually having something. Um, B, it does close off this Mike and Tina thing. And I do, I am so grateful so grateful that um, they don't let them get engaged and they kind of say, yeah, that's sometimes, you know, you date somebody and it doesn't work. And I'm glad that that aspect is actually shown. Um, at the same time, I always just fast forward through this part of the episode because I'm like, okay, it just feels, it would have probably worked a little bit better had the episode been two hours and had they have time to give all of these other bigger moments, you know, more, <laughs> to do but in an in a very crunched episode already this plot line feels like why are we doing this why are we wasting our time but that's just me and it upsets me as a mike and tina fan as well because Aww. i always well because i feel like a lot of us at the time especially in season two are like hey this is like the best couple on the show <laughs> like they're like going strong and like they're the mature ones and they're the ones that are like like super honeymoon still and supportive and like communicative and like healthy and that was like they were the longest running couple as well for ages and then they broke up off screen during the summer and we don't know why. And then it was hinted at in Glee that they might be talking about getting back together. And then we hear nothing about it. And I'm just like, oh, it's so annoying. And I just feel like, I mean, I don't know why they decided to do I think it was just to push the Tina and Artie stuff for the actual it was. finale. I, finale. And, and, you know, and, and Kevin and Jenna. Because, yeah. Well, Kevin and Jenna, Kevin and Jenna are BFFs. Yeah. And Kevin, McHale, and Jenna Oshkowitz. Um, and I think that they they were actually asked by Ryan Murphy, do they want the characters on them together? And I think they believed they said yes. So this was kind of a turning, pivoting to that, trying to turn that back to that, as well as give it closure on the Tina and Mike stuff. But I, I think when you have 
one character who in in Mike who they knew after season three he just wasn't going to be back. What I mean, you can't really build a story around somebody that's not there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but I think it was just an unnecessary waste of screen time uh, <laughs> because they had their kind of closure already. They were best friends. They had tried a relationship. It didn't work out. And they had been separated for years. And they were friends. And that was their closure. Why then proposing with an engagement ring? That I, I know that Blaine was totally in on it and was totally... <laughs> oh my God, that was hilarious. Why? I can't understand why. I can see I, Tina I, being like, hey, everybody else is getting... I mean, they even mention it in the episode. Yeah, like, is that a reason to, to, to get engaged? Because everyone else gets engaged? That's that has very severe emotional problems. So we can't really... like, And like, I get it because it's like you can... Like, she is struggling like with her like being single and she's struggling with her sense of self. Like she's been struggling with her sense of self since season four. Like they've made her like more and more and more kind of, and I'm using like quote unquote here crazy. Like she never used to be like this. And then all of a sudden she's like screaming randomly and like, you know, uh, uh, trying to put the moves on Blaine. And then she's trying to put the moves on Sam. And then she, and it's like, she's just trying to find her place in the world. And I just, A, I think it, they, they didn't actually give much merit to that, that actually you can see she's struggling emotionally and she doesn't really know what to do. And like, I feel this was just kind of like the culmination of that. Like she's just completely lost and doesn't really have a place in the world. And she's like, well, I'll just get married. Um, and I love Mike. So you know, but it's but it's sad that they didn't actually pay much attention to her struggles. You know, well, and it's unfortunate. Uh, going back to the Glee is going to focus on its two stories of, you know, Glee club shenanigans and romantic. Uh, I mean, relationships. I mean, again, one of the things that they didn't do, and across the board, other than Rachel, I do feel a little dissatisfied with, is that they didn't really elaborate, develop what these kids were going to do after high school. And I mean, yeah, Rachel, definitely we got some sense of it, but you know, at least Mercedes and Kurt and Blaine and Sam being bigger characters, they got some resolution better than others. But then you get like, again, with Britanna or Mike and Tina and Artie, even to a lesser extent, Artie's going to be a director, but you know, you, what are these kids doing with the rest of their lives? You don't know. You don't really get closure on that, but you do get closure on their romantic relationships because, you know, <laughs> um, um it's kind of funny i do think that the tina and Artie little scene at the end was really super cute um when you read it on page it's there's a lot of cringiness on it because i remember we were doing it through the script and i'm like the scene does not read well but the two of them have some really great chemistry together and i thought it turned out to be a sweet scene together it just felt like it came a bit out of nowhere though like since when have they been Mm -hmm. so close like they date like they haven't had any interaction in the last three seasons that would lead me to believe they have a best friend relationship like it's at all yeah again it's it's nodding because jenna and kevin were like are are still bff and yeah yeah of course which is adorable you know but it's just born out of that. And then that's Glee. Glee has a tendency to not do things in the most organic way. I think they kind of take left and right turns very suddenly because it fits the story that they think that they need to be telling. And it doesn't always follow logical sense. No. So, yeah. So um, the other little 
thing I want to talk about because it's a small little runner. And I actually, this is one of the things I actually really like in the episode. Um, we've got Rachel feeling a little weird about dating Sam and she, you know, Carol's going to be at the wedding and it kind of is a nod to Finn and Carol kind of gives this blessing. Like, yeah, you, you're allowed to date other people. And it's really subtle for Glee. And it's really this quiet little thing. That's kind of in a very background place. Um, I'm so glad that Rachel doesn't have a huge, huge part of this, <laughs> this episode. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's nice and it works for me. And I kind of like that. It's really sweet, yeah. It's really, really sweet. Although I'm just a bit like, she's so young, and like I know that Finn was a really, really serious relationship for her, and they were engaged. But I'm surprised that she thinks that people would expect her to like live in mourning forever. Or is it just because Sam is his best friend? Like I I'm not sure where the guilt's coming from. Like is I think it it's fourth guilt- wall. I think it is more of a the fans were having issues with her moving on. Right. And it's their way of saying, you know, Carol as being I'm in a stand in for fandom or a stand in for another party saying it's okay that Rachel moves on with her life. Yeah, I I felt a bit like it was uh, a way of the show mm-hmm. to to show that Carol has healed because the last time we've seen Carol, it was in the City of Angels episode when she uh, was considering to leave the competition uh, because she couldn't cope with all the memories of Finn and all the and and the. And the fact that Finn didn't have a future like the kids around her. And she was very, very broken and and very confused. And I I think because this is the next time we see her and it's more than a year later. And Mm -hmm. I think it was just a way of the show to show she has healed and she has um, found a way to to live with, with the fact that Finn isn't there anymore so she so time heals things and and time time heals grief of course in a way so I I I have the feeling it was more to show where Carol is at that point and that Carol is in a good in a good place concerning uh Finn and Rachel and and the fact that Finn isn't there anymore in in um im Gegensatz zu um I just um lack a word um uh, in uh, on the country uh, that that it it was uh, for Rachel being being uh, excused to to be with Sam and not feeling guilty i, I thought it was more about carol i like that i like yeah. that a lot yeah i never really thought of it that way but yeah that's a great way of of putting that absolutely um just to, uh, before we get into the Blaine's mom thing, um, I just want to say, I do think it's funny that the the problem with not making this Clayne's wedding, you run into some issues of suddenly Bertana's wedding party consists of Rachel, Mercedes, and Tina. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Um, <laughs> like where the, I, I mean, I'm sure Diana Agron didn't want to come back. That's why Quinn's not there. I think it's super weird that Puck's there. Um, yeah. like, like, and and Sam without Quinn also, as well. Yeah, without Quinn and Sam's there. And, Sam's and there all the newbies. Like, uh, well, the newbies kind of make sense because like you can see Will could be like, but why is Will there? I mean, like, it's not like 
mean, None it would be a bit really mean if they invited ever. Like, Will invited yeah. them all to his wedding. You know? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's just funny that again, this show is so focused on romantic relationships and marriage equality and Glee Club that it sometimes forgets the friendship dynamics that are going oh, on. And then, and like, it doesn't make much sense. And it makes sense in a, like, all of this seems to make more sense in a, like, this was a clean wedding. This is why all of these people would be here. But in a yeah. Britannia wedding, it makes way less sense. Um, so... <laughs> Now, I will say, you know, kudos for them bringing back sugar. Uh, you know, that does make sense. Uh, Vanessa Lenji's the actress, loved the character, and, and she was so excited to be back on. And her her kind of enthusiasm, you know, shows the little minor parts that she gets. But, um, yeah. But, like, who else would be there? Because this is the thing. Like, we haven't seen them... I mean, for, for for Christ's sake, like, we don't see Santana make a single friend in New York in the entire time she's there. No. She's well, very realistic to me. It, it, and this is a shout out to Starkey Hag, who brings up this consistently. But the problem is you have, um, you have, you know, Kurt, who has the biggest world building around him. To a lesser extent, you have Will and Rachel, who have, you know worlds that are built around them. Yeah, Brittany yeah. and Santana are, I hate to say that, C-list characters at this point. Yeah, yeah. So to build an entire wedding party, you know, you can't do it. They don't have, I mean, yeah, you've got some family, but, you know, we did, oh, I forgot to mention, Santana's dad is not even there. And a lot of people are like, oh, what does this mean? It means that they didn't want to pay an actor to show up yeah. and be your dad. Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Um, it It's, but that, but even that to me, like that is offensive to like writers who care about their craft because it's like if you can't be bothered to spend the money to have an actor to like just not even have lines, like so you don't have to pay him more, just to be quiet and like be the dad. It's like that. That is then a choice that is a character like aspect. The fact that her dad's not there makes it a character thing. Like oh, clearly he's fallen out with it. Like. Why wouldn't he be at his daughter's wedding? <laughs> it's just like that. I mean, they, and they that went out of the way to have Britney's parents there. And, and exactly. I don't know. It's I just, don't know if they were trying to make a statement with that or if they just didn't want to deal with it because they already had her mom and her abuela. And, and I, I don't know. Have I, we even like, met her dad? We haven't ever met no, her dad. No, never met Santana's dad. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but Blaine's dad isn't there either. So Blaine's dad is not there. But that is probably a nice segue. We should talk about Blaine's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. I promise everybody will have lots of time to talk about the Blaine stuff. But um, just separate of that, we have Blaine's mom played by uh, Gina Gershon in the episode, and what a waste of a cameo. Um, (laughs) And the saddest part to me is that. The purpose for her being there is almost as if they're like, hey, we want this song to be with all of the moms. Let's bring in Blaine's mom because fans have wanted it anyway. Then we'll have all the moms up there doing a song. But, like, it makes no sense for her. No, I think the reason why she's at this wedding is because they knew it was going to be a double wedding. And that would be, like, awful for, like, Blaine to get married with no family there. But it makes no sense for Blaine's family to be there because Kurt is his plus one. Like... What? <laughs> now, in the script, it sheds a little bit of light, but not a lot on. And we're gonna we're gonna touch upon the the most ridiculous scene in the whole episode. Um, first of all, she's a Mary Kay cosmetics uh, salesperson, so uh, the headcanon is that she's there to help with the makeup. 
Okay, fine. Okay, it's stretching a little bit, but that's at least in the script. Also in the script, originally, she did know who Carol was. (sighs) And did, well, she didn't. She did. No, in the script, she knew who Carol was. And the way it's, I've forgotten how it is exactly, but um, she, she comes in and she has a different introduction. And, oh, Carol is actually introducing her to Brittany's parents. That would have made so much more sense. (laughs) This is so like, stupid what happens in this episode. How did they never meet? <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I cannot, her just... Why, can, if it, sorry, Carmen, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cannot imagine Carol not wanting to meet Blaine's mom. I cannot imagine that though she would she would go crazy if there was never a, 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 an occasion where, where they could all meet up. But it just doesn't make any logical sense that her son, who's been dating this guy for like years at this point and has and has been living with him and has been engaged to him. Even the most dysfunctional families would have at some point had to sit like, what did they do at Thanksgiving? Like, I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) So mad. Possibly the most ridiculous part of the episode. Um, is that moment and it's unfortunate because even you know and the director is is bradley beaker and he's done all of the big clean episodes and for i don't even understand was it something what the heck happened because you know you have it even in the script and they pared it down because originally um that she has got a bigger speech in but right before the trouble tones i'm so excited music number but um just but to to add um, insult to injury, the fact that she gets no lines with Blaine, the fact that she gets only no in, lines with Kurt, no lines with Kurt, interesting, no lines with anybody. She basically, uh-huh. um, there is one moment where she like mouths, I love you to Blaine, but it's since it's a cut, you know, they're not really, they have one moment where they're like next to each other at the end of the episode, but there's not no real connection. We're not able to make a connection to this character find out understand who she is she's literally everything that i've discerned from her has been from um the script and the fact that the episode does absolutely nothing with her feels so incredibly disingenuous and especially i mean you hear you drag out gina gershon who she's not just some like you know hey we just you know hired this lady here you know it is an actual like well-known actress that they've put in this part and, you know, there's more of a connection between her and Puck. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> at least Blaine was dancing next to her at one point. Yeah. Or, like, uh, three seconds or something. Yeah. So I mean, I will say is that, you know, I mean, what we do get of her in this episode, I think, you know, like, even the way she's dressed and the way she looks so glamorous and her hair and makeup and she's clearly, like, very confident. Like, I think you can probably infer a lot from her character just from mm. her body language and, like, the way she looks and the way she presents herself, which I guess is quite fun. And, like, the and the fact that she was kind of like, yeah, I'll dance with this, like, young guy and, like, like be silly and, like, that's just the kind of person that she is. Like, I feel like... Which, I guess, in a way, I didn't expect... <laughs> It's funny because when I imagine Blaine's Blaine's mom, I didn't really imagine her to be like that. I always kind of imagined her to like his parents to be kind of like middle class, but I never really thought that his mom would kind of look like one of the housewives, you know, (laughs) like just kind of 
really glamorous. I don't know why. I mean, for I mean, I know for years people were really stuck to their headcanon that Blaine's mom was going to be Filipino. And then his dad was yeah. going to be white. And then his mom obviously ended up not being Filipino. So they were like, okay, well, then his dad is Filipino. Fine. You can't take that away from me. We, we never saw his dad. Well, <laughs> so, now you have to. I mean, it is, yeah. you know, it would be incredibly, again, disingenuous and, and insulting to not portray, you know, Darren Chris's Filipino or even an Asian uh, you know, part exactly. of that character because, you know, Darren is biracial. And exactly. so like, you know, therefore his dad has got to be, you know, yeah. you know Filipino <laughs> or, or some kind of Asian character because that's, you know, to completely whitewash, it would be incredibly insulting, especially I mean, to that community. So I think like the, probably my kind of shock from seeing, like Pam, the way that she actually was, was sort of like, oh, well, I always imagined it was going to be Leah Salong. So in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, oh, I think I, a lot of people that I yeah, don't have like, a problem with uh, Gina Gershon, but um, oh, of course not. It's just kind of like, oh, you're just, like, I just imagined this soft, cute lady, and like you're so kind of like, yeah, like I said, like more housewife and awesome. But I guess it kind of shows where Blaine gets his confidence from, you know. Oh, <laughs> like, I think it fits a little bit more in with the Cooper aspect, though. Like when you uh, put in maybe. Cooper into that family dynamic, <laughs> you know, Gina Grushan makes a lot of sense. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, just a minor, 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 as you guys can totally laugh at me for this, but um, as you know, my name is Pam. And the fact that growing up, there was only one famous person with the name of Pam. It was Pam Anderson. <laughs> I always hated that because it was like, I don't know. And Pamela Anderson, I don't know what she's up to now, but she was such a trashy person back in the nineties <laughs> or whatever. And like, why is that the, the only, I mean, people don't even know like who Pam Greer or Pam Dauber, or these other, other kind of famous Pams that from like the 60s, 70s and 80s, people don't know them. They just know Pam Anderson. So the fact that this joke keeps getting made anytime there's a character named Pam drives me crazy. I'm like, come on guys. Like, I mean, how do you think I feel being called Roxanne? It's not true. easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I don't have a song, but okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely relate. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, don't think it's that funny. Pam really like he couldn't think of anything else but Pam. <laughs> I mean, I, I like my name. I love my name. So I'm, I'm it's happy a to have name. a character named that. But, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the U the U.S. version of The Office, and the main character was Pam, and she was engaged to a guy named Roy Anderson. Now, they didn't ultimately get married, but it was still the same joke. <laughs> like, if they got married, it'd be Pam Anderson. Like, it's just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you say it like that, like, oh, her real name wasn't Pam. If she got married, it would be Pam Anderson. <laughs> I mean, and maybe oh like, you know, with the office and it just, I feel like the fact that the joke keeps coming up that anytime somebody's, you know, named Pam, oh, is your last name Anderson? It's like, it's just not funny <laughs> anymore. I'm like, oh my God. Cause I've had, I guess maybe just since I've had that in my life a lot, we're like, oh, is your last name Anderson? No. Um, <laughs> Just gets old. <laughs> oh. Funny enough, I actually just thought it was a huge coincidence when I watched this episode. I imagine that, like, I just no, always clued up on it. Probably, probably. <laughs> so I'm always referred oh. to the opera when someone hears my name for the first time and, oh, isn't that the opera where they it kill each other? Opera. And dies and, yeah. It, it's a delightful opera. If you've not seen, you know, audience members, if you've not gone and listened to the, the opera, Cam Carmen. If I can say your name right, I know your name because I'm staring right at it on the screen. Um, <laughs> it is—it's actually a really good one. But yeah, 
Like, I'm sure you get tired of hearing, like, hey, have you heard that opera? <laughs> yeah, I have. Shut up. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of, like, we can probably jump into the Clane stuff unless there's anything else. I think everything else relates to Clane, so yes. I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump into that. Okay. So, so let's get into the Clane stuff. Um, they, I mean, the stuff doesn't even, I, the whole, it's funny that the reunion stuff all happens very early in the episode. Uh. Um, but let's start with, okay, here's my thing, because we're going to have to just start with my rant. <laughs> okay. At the end of episode seven, and we talked about this back in, in you know, that episode, so you guys can go back and listen to that. It's all Blaine's point of view. It, it, it wraps up nicely. It does what it needs to do. It breaks off, you know, Blaine and Krofsky. And then you get this episode where Kurt needs to decide to go back to Blaine and say, okay, I do want a relationship after he kind of senses that, they're, you know, Blaine's done with his other relationship, and et cetera, et cetera. My number one issue with this entire episode and with the Clay arc of all of season six is that in storytelling 101, you characters need a catalyst or a reason why they do what they do. Kurt doesn't have one. He yep. just spontaneously does it. And I guess what bothers me even more is that in this opening scene where Kurt is basically doing Artie's job, I don't know why Artie's not being the wedding planner when he's the wedding planner, but basically Kurt's doing it. Um, even in the script, it's hilarious. It says Kurt is foreman for some reason. Um, there's this whole moment where Brittany's kind of going on about like, Hey, you know, I mean, this could have been your wedding, but it's totally not. But, you know, I'm sure you're fine with your old boyfriend or whatever. And Kurt has, like, this moment of, like, wait a minute, you know, this could have been my, you know, I still love Blaine. I can still fix things. I can do, you know, and, and, and that's reaching, though. That's the thing, isn't it? That's reaching that kind of conclusion because he's just like, um, back to the wedding. Like, it's not even a moment. It's like you have to you know, imply that. <laughs> Oh, in the, the script. script. Oh, yeah. Nice. In the script, there's all of this stuff. And in the in the script episode, I'll get into the details of that. <laughs> in the script, there's a catalyst moment where Brittany's like, hey, this could have been your wedding. And Kurt's like, oh, it could have been my wedding. And that's, I mean, it's not a great catalyst, but it's more than what it is actually there. And to have that completely missing and absent in this opening scene where he's like, la, 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 wedding planning, do, 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 do. I'm not even really thinking about my own, you know, failed wedding. Like, it's so dumb. Oh, it's just it drives like, me crazy. I think what drives me more crazy, though, is like, the, the lead up to this has been so good. Like, even though, you know, I wish that the entirety of Blainowski would rot in the stinking pits of hell. <laughs> I still, like, really, I still think that, like, their, like, Kurt and Blaine's story leading up to this point has been so well done and is actually really satisfying. Like, that moment when Blaine just, like, loses it and kisses him, like, in transitioning is mm -hmm. so good and it makes sense. And then, you know, he just kind of looks, like, I would have even really enjoyed it if his breaking it off with Karofsky would have actually not happened in the same episode. Like, I feel like even that was a little bit rushed. Like, Blaine's big resolution to his issue was resolved in, like, a quarter of an episode. Like, I would have wished that that had gone further. But even if we keep it as it is, like, the whole 
kind of horrible irony and the tragic irony that okay now I'm ready Kurt's been waiting for me this whole time I'm ready to go back to him and then he goes back to him and Kurt's going on a date like that's so good and I expected it to like (laughs) carry on and it yeah and like but like they just yeah nothing happened and like what is even more confusing to me is if you look at it from Kurt's point of view Kurt's like oh Blaine kissed me and then we don't see anything from Kurt's point of view about how he feels about that. We see that he looks confused as Blaine walks away. And then the next time we see him, he's going on a double date. But we don't actually see his point of view. And then the next time that we see him, he's apparently spoken to Blaine about going to the wedding as friends, TM. And he's not, like, spoken about the awkward kiss. He must know that Blaine's not with Karofsky anymore because they wouldn't be going to the wedding together because that would be well, you weird. Mean- and it's I like, how how have you not discussed, how? <laughs> it, it doesn't even make sense, because actually in the reunion scene, Kurt says, you know, I still love you, unless there's somebody else, and Blaine says there's nobody else, and Kurt has to look around uh, and see Moonbat. So, I always thought that meant that, like, Kurt knows that he's not with Karofsky anymore, but he's got to that point now where he remembers assuming that Blaine was just available waiting, so he just says it to, like, show that he's actually thinking about Blaine and like maybe he's found someone else in the last 24 hours <laughs> like, well see that's the other thing and we'll get into the Walter scene in, in, in a minute but um, I think even just having a moment of like Kurt looking around and going huh like this could be my wedding and and it's a failure on the director's part because I like don't get me started it was not Chris's choice to be like I'm just gonna be you know play stupid during this whole scene um, and there were some very good funny bits in this scene uh, um, but the fact that they downplay that angle entirely uh, when that's the purpose of the scene drives me crazy. Um, and I, I think that is one of the biggest disservices to this entire Clayne story arc right here. I just don't understand how Kurt and Blaine agreed that they're going to this wedding I don't together think they are. without think getting something... back together at that point. I don't think they are. I think it's something that um, it's something that Kurt says to Walter as a soft breakup. Oh, so they're not actually planning on doing that, you think, like at the time? No, but just Uh, with the the Britney scene real quick, though, I mean, Britney and Kurt have always had a a great connection. Also, Britney is going to later reveal that she's trying to manipulate him back to being married to Kurt. That is a thing that she and Sue are doing together. So, again, this scene is supposed to play up the fact that Britney is trying to emotionally manipulate whether you think it's right or wrong, it yeah. is a thing that she's supposed to be doing. And again, it doesn't set up very well because it doesn't play off that way. It doesn't play off that way at all. But at the same, this is the same time this scene, this has one of the stupidest moments for a joke on this entire show where Kurt is like, I know who can officiate the wedding. And, and Brittany says, who? And he goes, Bert. Now, who, unless you are always have been calling your parent by their first name, who would ever say this conversation this way and he's like Bert Hummel and she's like who's that my dad and she's like oh yeah that, it's such a stupid exchange except for I like the end where Sam kind of chimes in his like, dad yeah, it's <laughs> really funny. but it's such a stupid exchange there's Kurt would not say like my it, yeah they're trying to get Bert set up as the efficient that's great and they're trying to do it as a joke which falls flat entirely because it's so stupid I think Ford because, saves it though. Ford really saves that joke for me. Like, it's just brilliant. And the fact that he thinks of it because, you know, Brittany says, oh, your boyfriend, your new boyfriend's older than oh. your dad. And like no reaction other than, oh yeah, Burke can officiate. It just, oh, it's just tedious. I hate the scene. Yeah, um, it's great. It's just, ugh. 
that's my my two cents. But I'd have a, a question about all this. Uh, I, I know it's a little bit sidetracking, but no, about uh, about this officiating, sure. officiating, officiating, officiating thing. Yeah. Uh, would it be really possible that Bert uh, just could officiate yep. the wedding? Absolutely. So, and I know this because I'm ordained to do my brother's wedding. Um, so, yeah, if you want me to marry you legally in the U.S., I can do it. Um, <laughs> I just need some witnesses. Um, basically, yes. Anyone who um, you can basically you can even apply online. You have to apply to be like an official minister or a position that is legally allowed to do it. But anyone can be an officiant for a wedding as long as they have done the proper steps to be licensed to be an officiant. So, yeah, that's but not what, an what issue. What are these proper steps? So, what what have you? What have I done? I okay. So there's this online church called the Life of god or something like that or the it's whatever it's a non-denominational um church that's set up primarily to just be you know a official church so that people can get ordained so they can marry people um and i applied and you don't it, it just you, your application is enough to get your license so i have i'm licensed to do that in the state of michigan and um now as long as i as long as I follow the proper guidelines set out by the county that I'm marrying somebody in, which means for the one, like, for example, for my brother's wedding, um, I will have to have two witnesses. I will have to have a legal marriage license, which is really the more important part of it. Um, and I'll have to sign the official marriage license. Um, that's it. That's all you got to do. And then I have to say certain things. I have to say, um, like, uh, consent. I have to make sure the consent is there. Like, do you take this person? Do you take this person? And the official announcement, okay, I proclaim these people as being married, legally married under these witnesses of the two people that are there. Everybody signs the marriage license and then boom, you're married. That is so like, I, uh, like, I know this is a thing that happens, but that to me is like, I can't believe it. Like it, I mean, I don't know what it's like for you in Germany, Carmen, but in in Poland, when you when you get married, I mean, I don't know anyone that didn't get married in the church, but you go and you get married in the church, and then you have to go and get married in a civil ceremony. And it's like people from the government, like like actual mm -hmm. people that work for the government that have to do it. Like you can't just ah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's so oh, like it? it's cool, but also it's just. I think it's it's quite similar in Germany. In Germany, you have to to go to the usually it's the city hall, and there's an official uh, registrar. Is this the mm -hmm. right word? Yep. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, and and he or she they do the the wedding ceremony in the city hall. It's quite. It's it's not very, uh, very very festive. It's it's quite. Uh, it's it's usually uh, only in a in a small setting, just with family and some friends. And this is the the official legally uh, valid wedding. Mm -hmm. And all the other things, the thing that happens in the church, or the thing that happens in someone's garden in a in a in a in a pavilion with with um, someone saying nice words and doing this uh, like officiating thing. Officiating is is probably the wrong word. Uh, just like like the the celebrational part, which which is more like like a. Uh, very very fairy tale like with a white dress and and the the wedding gown and every everyone is uh dressing up very very nicely and there's a, a party afterwards 
this is only just to to have fun it's not yeah, not same it's nothing that is legally valid in any way the legal thing is the thing that happens in the city hall and this always has to happen beforehand and then you can do whatever you want with who whomever you want if you do it in a church or some private place that is up to you ah uh, we usually do See, it the other way around you usually go do the you do the wedding so you go and have the ceremony in the church and you have the the wedding uh, wherever the, and then and then the following day you would go and you would just dress in normal smart clothes and you yeah. take you two witnesses and you just go into a room and you do the same thing and then you sign some papers yeah, yeah. like the next so, day well and you don't have to like you can go to the justice of peace and get government officials to do it. I, like, like I said, I applied to be an actual minister of this church, um, so that I am technically ordained yeah. to, to do that. So technically I have a ministry. I'm technically, but like I said, this entire online church thing is completely set up so that non-denominational people or, you know, atheists like myself can do this and yeah. still be legal under the law of, and like I said, it's not so much about, you know, actually having a church person or a government person, it's about, you know, the marriage license and making yeah. sure everyone is doing that correctly. So basically, yeah. <laughs> um, that is the most important aspect of it, not necessarily who does it. But yeah, uh, kind of uh, circling it back to, to the show, Bert doing this, He the, the only issue is that Bert would have to make sure that he is a legal um, legally ordained in that Indiana County. Um, and that fact that they're, that's the funny thing is that later on, Sue's going to say, um, you know, Blaine's going to say, you know, we don't have wedding wing- rings and Sue whips that out. And I'm like, well, they don't even have a marriage license. I just sure. thought about what you said. Yeah. Yeah, like, what <laughs> I'm like, that's my important thing. I'm like, they have a, well, a marriage license, but I'm sure Sue is taking care of that too. Um, <laughs> uh, but that, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah. And I do think it's fitting. Again, this is one of those things, you know, Bert being, <laughs> ordained and being the one that to do the wedding officiate the wedding is another one of those things where this makes way more sense as a, a clean wedding because um, all of the trimmings of this all of the fancy fairy tale ending of this is clean-ish not necessarily Britannia-ish and so uh, but but getting back to uh, we're still talking about the reunion stuff um, kind of going forward to the Walter scene, I mean, not only is it just awkwardly edited, uh, oh. for the most part, I don't mind this scene. I do think Kurt's line of, um, I, you know, I, Blaine and I are going to the wedding together was an easy way for him to kind of say, look, we're done. This was nice. Um, you, you're a fun guy, Walter. I've been having fun break, uh, you know, uh, hanging out with you, but we're done. And it was kind of an I easy like way to Walter say that. I feel so sorry for Walter. I'm just like, oh my God, like life really didn't deal you a very good hand, did it? Like in terms of, you know, him coming out so late in life and oh, it's just, I, I really hope he and Kurt remain friends, like in the latter parts of, you know, their lives, like after maybe Walter's gotten over the fact that. Well, I, I actually like, and Adam start a club being like oh, Kurt rejected me. <laughs> um, I actually think Walter handles it rather well and maturely. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's fine. I think he always kind of knew uh, just from the from the few instances that we see him, especially in seven when he's like, oh, you know, here's Blaine. You talk about him all the time. Like I, yes. I'm fully aware that that Walter is, or I think that Walter's fully aware of. Hey, this kid's young. This kid has been you know, in a relationship that means a lot to him. He's still in love with this guy. I think Walter is a smart guy. I think that Walter, 
you know, kind of like Karofsky in Seven is like, yeah, this was always a short-term thing. Um, and like, as he says in the episode, you know, disappointed, yeah, maybe, but, you know, mad, no, I'm not mad. Like, you know, you're... Maybe he'll get together with one of the Mrs. Barry. There we go. That's an idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that, that be... That's a hilarious idea. That's that that be... so Which one? That's the question. Which one? one Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> let's, hit, let's hook up Jeff Goldblum with uh, with Harry Hamlin and see what happens. Oh, okay. my God. I have to say this, though, because I almost forgot, and I would have hated myself if I hadn't brought it up, but when I first saw this whole Walter arc and it was very difficult for me at first because I was like do I I really can't handle any more mid games right now if I don't have Clay back together I'm going to scream but Walter was so adorable I literally couldn't hate him even if I tried and I love old people so much so I was just like yes but okay Walter literally looks like what I imagine Chris Colfer is going to look like at that age like literally his facial features are the same and I <laughs> and, it, and it creeped me out that's when funny. I saw it, and I brought it up to my friend at the time, and she was like, "I will never unsee that." Like Kurt is literally. I kind of can see that. Well, yeah, I mean, to the point. I mean, I think Walter has dark eyes, and Kurt okay, has yeah. his lighter I mean, eyes. But his like, face is like, yeah. like his bones and everything. I'm just like, oh no, that's really weird. <laughs> but then we did say like, Chris isn't aging exactly like I thought he would. But I think at He's that age, not, is he? I that's kind of a random side tangent. I'm gonna take for a second chris is not aging the way i thought he would which is not in a bad way at all i'm it just it's different so i'm like oh what and and really it makes sense because if you look at chris colfer's dad he is looking more like his dad which makes way more sense than what was in my head but um yeah, yeah. but yeah anyway. walter looks like kurt would look at that age and how i imagine kurt would present himself and comport himself at that age as well so i don't know if that like this whole thing with walter like for kurt was a like his his like weird but also adorable thing for old people but also just kind of like hmm i'm gonna look good at that age <laughs> it's just so strange i mean yeah me. i also think it's just in a, a nod to chris being liking old people being in a relationship with a much older man um just it's just a lot of things that just kind of crack me up it's it's all really meta on chris <laughs> yeah but he's not that old <laughs> well no i mean will is my age so um that's i mean i'm seven years older than than chris and uh will is like a couple months older than me so i feel old <laughs> But Chris is I an feel, old soul, so. I feel like I always, like, people make fun of me, but I say I feel old, and I'm turning 26 next month, but I feel oh, old whatever. already. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> you're not. Like, you are a young kiddo. Uh, oh, I've got to have to call a kiddo in a while. <laughs> like, well, I will call you kiddo and make you feel young, because you're much um, younger than I am, so. I think I'm the grandmother in this setting here. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, I know, Carmen, because you're 37. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes. I'm feeling, I'm feeling 37. Oh, I know how old you are, but I was just, you know, I'm gonna, like, uh, I we love really, you, though. I just really want Walter to be happy, I think. I think, you know, I see him and I just feel that, yeah, like I said, it took him a really long time to come out. And, you know, because he, he, because he did have a relationship, right? Like he was married or something, right? Mm -hmm. He was married and had kids. Yeah. And that's the thing. I just don't well. see... It was never going to be anything more than this kind of weird, like, friendship fling type thing. Because Walter and Carter are at such different places in their lives that it doesn't 
fit together. Um, But I think, uh, yeah, I hope Walter, oh, that'd be really funny if he, if he got together with one of the berries, that would have been hilarious. I like that. We'll make him happy too. Maybe he gets together with Krofsky and then, then (laughs) I just, no, because Walter's a good person. (laughs) No, I don't hate Krofsky. Not, not by season six, but I'm just like, I just can't. I just, it's just the trauma's too much for me. <laughs> Karowski can be with Sebastian. There you go. They're both. Oh my goodness. Like, yes. The. I mean, I still think that S- Sebastian and Klein have some unfinished business, but that's just my headcanon. So. Oh my, I can't with that, but I will let I you know. have that headcanon. I just finished listening to your. I mean, I haven't finished yet. Um, I'm still oh. halfway through the Blaine arc. Uh, one. I've been listening to the, um, podcast about Klein and the their personal time i'm in my family home so i'm trying to be careful <laughs> like, oh, okay yeah. no, just yeah. sex. No, okay. no I, just, I, I just get like my like my brother and my parents like oh, that's no, right. i just don't that's really but yeah but like i was listening to it at work and i actually like got no work done because i was just like preening the whole time i was like this is so good and like every time <laughs> i like felt like i needed to interject with something and i was like damn it like i'm not really there <laughs> i just really oh, wanted no. to it's so that's good cute. but yeah i have like still some of the blaine one left to finish but um yeah, I just, I absolutely loved it so much. And you guys were talking about Sebastian, how he was like, yeah, he wouldn't be. I'm like, yeah, but also Sebastian and Klein. It's just, it's just a good thought. It's just a really good thought, even if it would just be for Funny. a week. Because, <laughs> yeah, my, I'm like, no, please I know. far away. No, yeah, but that's, again, that it's really fan fiction. Sebastian, but, is that RB that really loves Sebastian? No, no, um, it's um, Izzy. Right. Yeah, no, RB doesn't he probably even remember who Sebastian is at this point. Um but um so yeah. Back to the 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 scene though. Um I for the most part, the only thing I wish they would have done, you know, they could have explicitly stated to make up for the the not catalyst having in the opening scene, Kurt saying, you know what, you know, I'm sorry, I'm still in love with Blaine. I want to try and work things out and this just isn't going to work. And that's kind of like shrunk into that. Oh, we're going to the wedding together thing, but it just, it, you know, you have to infer from that line and, st- and, and Glee just, I mean, so often Glee is just hitting you with anvils left and right to make this subtle and, you know, things you have to infer from it. It's like, why are you not making this explicit? Kurt needs to be explicit. This is a time that you can be explicit and they aren't. And so much of it more is like, I mean, Walter's speech is nice. I don't have any issues with it, but it's like, it's a setup for the speech. And this is, again, goes to the why I feel like this is more about marriage equality than it is about Klain because or whatever the characters are, because this whole speech is not necessarily about Kurt and his relationship with Blaine. It's about, you know, talking to gay couples everywhere, take this moment and run with it. You never know if you're going to have it again. I think one of the other reasons why Walter is an older man is so that he can be a stand-in for Ryan Murphy, who went as another generation, an older generation who didn't have these opportunities and say, look, I didn't get these this opportunity to just, you know, live life to the fullest and and love the people I wanted to love. And you guys need to jump on that right now. And then, so. I feel like the speech does have some, like, relation to Kurt, though, for me. Like, I I feel like, you know, Kurt, 
has been such a careful character in my opinion in so many mm-hmm. ways because he really cares about the people in his life you know he threw the high note for his dad and defying gravity he you know w- would be very quick to lay things you know down for Rachel if she needed his help and you know he was very disheartened after what happened when he didn't get into Niada and was very willing to just stay in Lima until Blaine encouraged him to go to New York and I feel like he has come out of his shell so much and he is very confident and very much like, I don't care what people think in a lot of ways, but you know, he is the one that broke it off because he was scared, you know, like he was Mm -hmm. scared about what it meant. And I think Walter saying, you know, don't waste time behaving yourself is really powerful. And I think it's really wonderful because Kurt is so, you know, not maybe so much in the latter part of season six, but has been so closed off emotionally and is so guarded because of everything that he's been through. And I think he really needed to hear that, you know, like Mm -hmm. just kind of to, yeah, like your life is very short and, you know, you need to actually start not being afraid of things anymore. And I think that really gives him the kind of final push that he needs to run to Blaine's house. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it was really, really touching, but I can see what you mean. Yeah. That, that oh, it no, is a bit like PSA as well from like the older generation. Yeah. I actually agree with that. I do think it is something that Kurt's character needed to hear. And I do think it is, uh, you know, Kurt's realizing, you know, Hey, yeah, you know, I've got some, you know, I still love Blaine. I owe it to myself to go back and get Blaine and try this and do this the right way. Um, and, and make up for my mistake mistakes and, and stuff like that. And then we get, you know, I, I do like, I wish the running would have been a little bit more, um, uh, hurried. I, I feel like he's, it seems like he's taking a little bit of a jog more than like, <laughs> <laughs> like well, he's probably run all the way from Lima Bean. He needs to pace himself. Oh, my God. And, and he have very comfortable shoes for running. No, no, he doesn't. And, I mean, it's just the way. When you compare it to the Blaine, Blaine's is framed. Whatever that director did, they framed it and angled it. That urgency. He Also, Blaine didn't have to run as far. But they kept making Chris, after you know, take after take, run down the street. That it, it, yeah, How can you show urgency when there isn't when you aren't doing like you're just when you're filming it straight and so I'm, I don't really blame Chris for that but um and also like it, okay look it's beautifully shot like I will say like I'm not trying to detract from the fact that like my heart always skips a beat when I see him running down that street because I'm mm-hmm. like like running is that thing and like Blaine was running in the previous episode and like I love it but also a running in the middle of the street is dangerous you should run <laughs> on the pavement and b I everyone in America had cars unless Walter drove them to the lima bean and then Kurt was too awkward to be like well can you now drive me to the love of my life's house so I can get him back and then bye <laughs> so did he just not bring his car to the lima bean and ran all the way from the lima bean rather than get a cab or a bus or anything else that would make sense but running <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that's my 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 sense as well so i thought the same thing like like you did like uh did did walter drive him to the to the lima bean and then he didn't have a, a possibility to to get to blame that's the same thing that's funny that i thought about yeah i don't i mean i get it it's a you know poetic license dramatic license whatever you want to call it <laughs> but it is kind of funny when you try and break it down i just didn't like the flamey i get it's like trying to show 
this is why people are confused. Like, was it a flashback? Was it a flash forward? What was it? Yeah. It was, it was Walter happened first. He broke it off with Walter and then he runs to Blaine is how it is in the script. Um, but the like flamey edges, I'm like, what are they doing? This is ridiculous. You don't they've never do done that. it before and they've never right. done it since. So why, why, why was, I mean, it looks great choice? in fan vids. Like, cause I, like, I really appreciate it when I fan vid that scene, but uh, like when you're watching it, yeah, it's just a bit like, and like you said, it's edited weird and, like the yeah, it's like a flash. Oh, no. oh, you know what gets me is when they get into the next scene. This get this drives me crazy about every like television show sitcomy thing does this. When he gets to Blaine and they don't shut the freaking door and it's just open. I'm like, oh, but I mean, but door. he's you know he's in the throes of emotion. Like he's I not know, gonna... <laughs> but it, I would still shut the door. Just slam it behind you. No, uh, I get it. I so, get so, so, so are we no. getting into the reunion bit now? Yeah, like, yeah, we with, can get. Into oh the my reunion. god, because like. Just the fact that he like pushes him into the apartment and he's like frantic and like like he's been running so he's out like out of breath and he doesn't like know what his words are and his words aren't making much sense and he sounds a bit stupid and I'm just like okay this is actually really really good <laughs> like this is so great and like I don't really like the line much about how everything was messed up before but everything's fine now but I can imagine like if you're not thinking straight and it like if you just said it as a real person like then that's probably the kind of thing you would say and then yeah just the unless there's somebody else and then Blaine's just there's no one else and it's just everything everything I love this moment so much it's incredible um, I, I agree. I actually, this is one of the things that works for me in the episode, other than I think that it's cut too short when they relax oh, and yeah. kiss, it should have been another beat or two longer. Um, but they had to squeeze that Tina stuff in there. And the fact that the music just kind of carries over into the teen scene, I'm just like, this is, you can tell that they were, I mean, especially when, um, the script is actually about twice as long and you, they're cutting everywhere. So this editing is really, really tight editing. So I get that. But I mean, this, this particular moment, this is, you know, the culmination of all of this clean stuff has been leading to this point to cut it off. It's a bit um, short. It's a, it's a bit, bit short. short. And 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 if you if you think uh, if you're con considering that Walter's speech was uh, almost three times as long mm -hmm. as as uh, the things Kurt said, and this was their pivotal mo moment, and um, he's just saying nonsense, like you just said, the things he says doesn't really make sense, and there's nothing nothing more. And he do, he do, he. The thing that struck me the most was he doesn't even ask Blaine if they will be getting back together or boyfriends again or fiancés again. He just asks, "Will you go to the wedding with me?" As if yeah. this, as if this was code for, uh, yeah, will you be back together with me. So this this, I don't know. This was awkward. It was a little awkward. I do like. There's a couple the, to, to point out the things that I did like about it. Kurt's urgency in it, the fact that he was very desperately needing to get back to Blaine. I like that. Um, when he comes in and he's like just out of breath and and grabbing onto him and saying, I love you, I still love you, as if that, you know, has not changed. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love the fact that when Blaine just freaking drops everything and he's like, there's no one else and they they the kiss and that is that i feel that passion right in that moment um about the the line that wallpapers over the issues that i know everything was a mess before but now it's fine yeah that definitely wallpapers over things but i will i, I will say this and something that it's kind of come out of doing the podcast and doing all the meta i've done over the years i 
think that a lot of their personal issues were dealt with between five and six. Like we didn't really get to see them deal with their issues because they kind of swept it under the rug for uh, between seasons five and six. And they were already on the men personally when they did, um, when they did, uh, uh, between <laughs> seasons five and six. So yeah, I agree. Um, and also bear in mind, they're actually friends at this point. Like they did a duet together. Like it's not like they're not on speaking terms, you know? So they're right. not actually at odds. They're at peace. Like, I think it sucks that that's the line that they used, but I think like you said, Pam, it's like, yeah, they're actually okay. Like as people, they are. And I think, you know, I mean, and even I, at the time I wanted more of a conversation about, you know, I, I wanted more from Kurt to say, you know, look, we may not be perfect, but I want this right now and I want you. That's it would have been a little bit stronger than the, you know, everything was a mess before, but now it's not. It does feel like, okay, we have the issues, but you know, they don't matter. We're gonna be fine. And it just feels like a little sweeping under the rug. But I get like from a point of view that, you know, we've been these characters have kind of dealt through their issues. We didn't need an explicit scene with all of the amount of stuff that they the, the show wanted to do. Um, I can see why this kind of got like shrunk down to the minimal amount of, you know, could it have been better written? Yes, it really could have been. Yes. But I think they should have that... gone back together, like in the form of a duet. Like, no, actually, I don't agree with that. Um, no, I like at the that... end, like not like actually during, but like they should have had some, and then like had a conversation and like big romance because this yeah like, this was a bit short like as a scene like not even the kiss it was just like as a scene it was a little a little short but they have done this to them before like their big reunion kiss at the end of got to get you into my life was also really short i don't know if this is just a thing that they like to do <laughs> with clay like they have a big reunion kiss and then it's just like that's it cut I short. Think it's, it's, a, it's a couple of things one it is the fact that they glee i mean if you watch other tv shows glee is very dense glee has a frick ton of stuff going on because there's a frick ton of characters in the show if you watch like friends there are six characters so you know having a 40 minute episode you have a lot of time in fact sometimes you have a lot too much time to do with these characters and and that's why i think the new york arc worked a lot better there's only like six eight characters you didn't need to service you know 15 plus characters in an episode so that's part of it. So you're trying to get in as much as you can. Um, the other part of it is that I'm sure, you know, it, there probably was still network interference and in saying, okay, you can't, you know, put this much, you know, you, I'm, we're letting you have this gay episode. We're letting you do all of this stuff, but there are still some restrictions probably. Yeah, like, you know, you can't show X. I don't know what, I don't know how the, the networks work, but, um, I, you know, if you look at both Clayne and Britanna, they don't get straight up sex scenes the way, I mean, not even like Finchel really never did get one, but like um, when you look at the first season, when you look at that, the like a virgin montage mm. and that's very, very, very sexual and a lot, and all of these three heterosexual couples are getting a lot of really sexy stuff. Um, but the gay couples never, ever get to that level. Um, because a it wasn't fun. I mean like when you look at the Britney and Blaine scene at the end of season five when they're in bed together that was yeah. because it was funny that they were and heterosexual but because it was funny they were allowed to do that yeah. um, but if it's not for comedy it has to be toned way down for some reason so exactly well you uh, what you were saying just before though about um, 
like their issues being resolved and stuff. I uh, I read this fic once, and I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, it was um, post-wedding uh, when Blaine goes back to see his therapist and mm-hmm. has to tell his therapist that he's gotten married to the guy he was trying to get over. <laughs> and she's yeah. just like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I, it's so I've heard the fic. I, need, I think I know That's the fic. Funny. I think it's from Walt Ride, actually. It's so great. And, she, and, like, she's like, so how do you think this is helping you with your problems? And he's like, no, like, I know it was really spontaneous, but I feel like it's right. And, like, she kind of then comes around to his way of thinking. Or maybe she just pretends she does. But, yeah, it's just so funny. He's like, okay, how was your week? By uh, I got married. To who? To Kurt. <sighs> it's just, like, the best. Which is, kind of, yeah, like, can you imagine, like, yeah. being any one of Blaine's close relative, like, or anything? Like, hang on, you go, oh, no. Yeah, I think at first she's like, hang on, who'd you get married to? Dave? <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Kurt. <laughs> it's like, weren't you just dating this other guy? <laughs> you know what so it makes good. me think of? And I don't mean this in a... um. I, I don't mean this in, as a, I think Clayne will do this type of thing, but like if you look at Naya Rivera, she was engaged to that rapper for a long, long time. Yeah. They finally are going to get married. They break off the wedding and then she ends up getting married to another guy like on the same wedding day. Yeah. <sighs> really? That's a whole other issue because Naya, I don't really want to get into Naya's, I don't know much about Naya's <laughs> personal life anyway, but like it, it is one of the, like when you, well, on the outside, when you look at some of these like, tropey television things from the outside and you're just like oh okay yeah you want to do but within the story that they're telling i do think it makes sense i do think it like i said i really just wish with the scene had a few more beats to breathe yeah i agree i agree what i do love though i mean oh i will never get over their height difference like ever like and the fact that when Blaine kisses him he has to come up on his tiptoes a bit I'm just like oh my god it's so sweet like you can tell he has to kind of like jump up a bit and it's just the cutest thing I absolutely love it I just (laughs) oh just I'm just happy now they're back together (laughs) yeah and that's kind of well and going from this kind of moving forward the thing that I really really love about this episode that they do which is again what drives me crazy when when they, they get into um, the the actor stuff, the actor bleed stuff, and I don't I don't like any of that. Um, you get a, these two are very they're holding hands, they're very touchy feely, they're very together, they feel together again yeah. in a way that they haven't since season three, yeah. and. Um, I think that Kurt looks so much more relaxed and so happy during the rest of this episode and so at peace during the rest of this episode and the rest of the series, really. And and the fact that they allow him, I mean, and a lot of people were always like, you know, Chris just isn't happy and Chris doesn't want this and Chris doesn't want that. And I'm like, <clears throat> stop, stop with that. I hate that argument because Kurt's character, when you really look at it, he has been unhappy for a really long time and struggling and trying to work out what he wants. And he's finally worked his shit out and he's finally again, happy with his relationship. And it's a really great arc that people are missed because they're so hung up about what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm like, forget all that shit. Just forget it. It's not relevant. If just look at the story. And I think that sometimes it's unfortunate that we follow these actors. So, 
so closely sometimes or whatever, because I think it, it, it shades the views on what is actually the story that's being told. So. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you, Pamela, um, concerning what you said about Kurt being so relaxed and, and everything in, in the rest of the episode, but uh, the, the, the few moments where they actually touch and are like in a private moment together, are uh, this scene where they kiss and then the little moment when they, uh, at the wedding, right before mm-hmm. Sue calls them and then in the, at the end when they when they walk out of the auditorium right. and to the whole wedding thing they're only in this like official um hand-holding situation like saying their vows and like standing like a two steps apart from each other when oh, the wedding yeah, at the table they are just sitting beside each other there's no hand-holding there's no touching this is something, and there's no dance, of course. Oh, oh yeah, we'll uh, get into the wedding. We'll get uh, into it. We'll get there because I kind of. Uh, this and 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 this uh, and and I want to jump back a little bit to uh, the thing that uh, Roxanne said concerning sure. the, the the fiction about the the therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the, the last three times we saw Clayne together before the reunion, where the kiss after Rachel's. Um, party and then when when Blaine ran to Kurt and Kurt was on his double date or getting ready for his double date and then the reunion That's, these are the three times we see them in, in, a, in, in a chronological order and Kurt's reaction at the kiss, after the kiss like, like you mentioned Roxanne his confusion and his he's uh, absolutely surprised and flustered and and doesn't know what to think and then the next scene with the double date he acts completely contrary and then you have the reunion where he is again overly emotional and urgent and everything and there is so much missing in between there are plot holes as big that that a truck can drive through them so i only can can I, I'm, I'm quite okay with everything that happens in, in season six, but I think this is only because I always, if I, if I watch the, the episodes chronologically, I always fill in between the, the episodes, I fill in all the missing scenes I have on my computer. And so in my head, it's not just the plot of the of the show. It's the plot of the show mixed with all the missing scenes of all the <laughs> awesome uh, authors out there. And this is why I I think this is why I see it in a kind of a, um, a satisfying way. I say, okay, I can live with it, and it's okay. But if I only focus on the on the episode and what the episode gives to me then it's completely unsatisfying. Oh, yeah. So if it and wasn't for the missing scenes, authors, well, and I know the the, the, the fiction you, you've mentioned, it's actually from Walbride, who mm-hmm. has written, I think, at least, I just have it on my computer, for the, for the gap between episode seven and episode eight, they have written, I think, five different <laughs> missing scenes Ooh. only for this, for this little part. And then again, uh, several for episode eight. And 
there is even one, and now I, I will mention that later when we come to the point. So the, the missing scenes are um, very important. Uh, it's, important is not the right word, but I just don't get the right word. Forget it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But um, without the, those those fan fictions, I wouldn't um, enjoy the story as I do. I think you've coined onto something really important there because when I uh, first, when season six first aired, I think it might have been Miss Basie who posted something on her Tumblr saying, "Like, look, I understand people that feel the need to have these characters have all these conversations, like." I completely can understand that why you want Kurt and Blaine to sit down and talk about their therapy and talk about their feelings and all this kind of stuff. However, from the point I'm coming from, she says, I know that I can fill those in with thick, with head cannons, with Tumblr posts. I yeah. can fill that in. What I can't fill in is having them being physically close to one another. So to be honest with you, I'll take a makeout session in the back of a car, and I do, wherein I'm a bit like, hang on, how did they get there? And then go read fic about it, rather mm. than have them have a three-hour conversation about Adam and then have them never kiss on screen. And obviously, me, as me, Roxanne, like I would like a bit of a mix between the two, but I can kind of see where she's coming from with that. That, like, yeah, we can't, you know, <laughs> fan fiction them into making out right in front of us and actually have two, two gay characters on screen being physical together, which is really important. But we can fill in the meta in a way. And we shouldn't need to, but at least we yeah. can do that, you know? And, and kind of uh, tying your guys' points together a bit and, and, and hearkening back on stuff I was saying earlier in the, in the episode that we have this, we have the way the Glee tells stories. I mean, look what they did in season four. You get Glee actually where Kurt's a little distant. And then the next time we have, literally the next time we have them doing anything together, it's in that car making out. Glee makes these narrative jumps. They just are more about pushing the plot forward in a way that they need it to than to actually, you know, develop the story in a, an organic way. This is yep. just what Glee does. Um, do I wish there was a, there a missing couple of scenes in there, even just one at that beginning of the episode? Yes, I really do. At the same time, I feel like sometimes everybody gets so caught up in the shipping culture in this, you know, our corner of the fandom in, uh, you know, us being used to, you know, reading these characters in these fan fictions and a, a deeper level that we forget that this is actually a show about 15 plus characters in a choir. And um, it, it so people like I get people being upset about certain things. I mean, I know I'm not this is not my favorite episode. This is not my favorite clean episode. And yes, I wish that they had done more, but I also understand the limitations of why it is what it is. Um, I think the so. frustrations might come from where like, you know, where you have season two, like in my opinion, between never been kissed and original song. And even to a point up to like prom queen, you have an arc for them where they have very, yep. in my opinion, good scenes that make sense. Even when, Darren wasn't sure if he was going to be a full-time character. They still make sense when you watch them as they are. And it's slow burn and it's amazing and it's delicious and it makes sense. And they have, even then they had just as many characters to deal with 
And I think probably from our point of view, we're like, well, if you could do it then, why can't you do it now? Well, and I will argue, I will argue a couple of things. One, that whole arc is actually not about clean. It's about Kurt. And it's a yeah, Kurt that's arc that's true. about, and it starts all the way. It's a season one arc that goes into season two and it ends in New York with the I love you scene and him going on Broadway. That is an entire arc. It is realized Blaine is just a side character in that arc. So everything that happens is filtered through Kurt's point of view. After that, after um, that is after RIB stops exclusively writing, it all kind of falls apart. Um, and that's when you get this. Re- I mean, but at the same time, when you look at season two and you look at the arcs, I mean, you've got Will and you've got Rachel and you've got Kurt. You don't have all of these other characters are getting these smaller storylines. And yeah, they are a lot more balanced because the writers were able to do balancing a lot better back then. But once you get, you know, into season three, you've got all of these all of these beats and all of these other characters. I mean, I mean, why is Rory taking up all of this screen time? Because, you know, it's, it's because they're trying to make every character a main character. And that's what I, that's what I'm getting at at this point. Like they're trying to like, there, it's no longer, you know, these are the top A characters. These are the big characters. These are the C characters. When you look at Blaine's plot lines in season two, it makes like, wacky sense i mean think about this when you you scrunch it in and he is he's met kurt but then he goes out with jeremiah or sings to jeremiah then he kisses rachel then he dates kurt and it's it's crazy it really doesn't make any more sense than anything else but because it's filtered through kurt and because it's actually like written um very well for kurt's storyline we can kind of justify a, a lot of these things that don't make as much sense plus they did give us a complete arc, and and I, like I said, I think actually I think Clean's arc in season six might be one of the best arcs that we've gotten for them. Believe it yeah. or not, yeah, even that, missing true. the couple of weird things, I, I think it is a very strong arc overall. Because you know, in the season four stop breakup stuff, we didn't get to see them work through their issues, become no. friends again, become lovers again, get to the point where they're getting married. We just, bam, all of a sudden Blaine wants to get married and, you know, they're making it in a car and then Blaine wants to get married and then bam, they're together. Yeah, so. exactly. Like I said, from like ep one to ep seven, it's such a satisfying arc. It's just, yeah, the mm-hmm. it would have been really nice if, yeah, maybe if they just got rid of the Mike and Tina C-plot. Like, yeah, and just a few more. Like I said, I just think a few more beats. Personally, I don't want to speak for anybody else. Personally, it would have worked a lot better. But again, this show is trying to service, and it's the end of the series, so they're trying to. They know that Britannia is not going to do anything after this. They know yeah. Kurt and, <laughs> and Tina and Mike and Artie are not going to do anything after this. So they're trying to service all of these things that happened in the show i mean the call back to the trouble tones uh, you know they're trying to service all of this stuff in the show in 42 minutes and it, it you have to cut something somewhere and that's why we're missing some of these in a better story key scenes yeah so, so they f- sue drags them into the <laughs> into the room well let's okay first of all let's t- i want to talk a little just really quickly um there's a couple of little things um, we get that scene outside the barn when yes. um, they're doing American Gothic. Yeah, it's so great. <coughs> it's 
It's actually scripted for all of those people who are like, oh, yeah, Chris and Darren came up with They didn't. I'm sorry. They didn't. Um, I wouldn't have thought they did. It doesn't seem very them to me. No, it doesn't. But (laughs) a lot of people are like, this is probably ad-libbed. Now, the way they shot it was probably ad-libbed because it literally just says, Kurt and Blaine do American Gothic. So you can do whatever you want with that. But um, so, yeah. And then... um, they get in there, and I, I, I think one of my favorite moments in this entire episode is actually. You know what happens before this? I'm sorry. Before that happens, we get the Kurt and um, we get the Bert and Carol scene. Oh God, I completely forgot about that. Oh, what an idiot! <laughs> That's such a beautiful scene. Um, and yeah, I think it's also. Uh, it's a it is a lovely scene. Um, I do like Bert being progressively and Kurt and Carol too being above the both of them being a little drunk. Um <laughs> I it's he's nice. about to officiate as well. Shouldn't he at least wait till after he's officiated? <laughs> exactly. Maybe he's nervous and he's trying to calm himself down. Oh my god. It is a little on the nose at times, but I I think that the point is across. I think it also leads into um I, I don't think it's out of character the decision Kurt makes. But it is spurred on a little bit by what they say here. So it it uh, straight uh, it uh, is very similar to the things that Walter has uh, told mm-hmm. Kurt, just to not uh, be so doubtful and just not double guessing everything and grabbing the moment when it presents itself and just yeah be uh, be. Um, Mm. <laughs> in the moment yeah live in yeah. the moment live like you know live, yeah basically so um but yeah after that moment i kind of the only god the verbiage the the phrasing that they use for some of this stuff kind of throws me off though so like you know where kurt's like well that would have been a nice day and and Bert's like well that would have been you know, or like you know Oh no! Something about yeah, we're young and foolish, and I'm like, yeah. that, like, what the hell? You're not like 50. Why are you like some of the phrasing? <laughs> but that doesn't like that. That sounds like something Kurt would say to me. Like I don't know. It just sounds like he's very kind of old for his years. I think, mm-hmm. and so like I'm very dramatic. So I can imagine him being like, oh yeah, like when I was young and foolish, like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so. very like Kurt to me, but like I, yeah, it's just yeah, very yeah. on the nose, like you said. And the fact that he even like it's Kurt that brings up the fact that it could have been them. I'm like, why? Do, like this is so clearly set up for Bert and Carol to give you this big like speech. Right. Like it's Kurt that brings it up. I'm like, why? This isn't yeah. Your- well, and it should be on his thing. mind. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I also would like to point out just as a throwback to what we were talking about earlier, Kurt did help set up and design his own wedding just as an FYI. Like that's the reason why he was the foreman. Um so that he could be a part of his own wedding. But because really Artie was supposed to be doing all that shit and he wasn't even in that scene. So um I do oh as a throwback real quick, I do like when Tina's trying to set up everything and she's complaining and she's like, I don't even know these new people and they all hate me and it just and he's just funny. Ignoring her completely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, the next scene, the, it's the, the quiet moment these two have where they're holding hands and looking at the barn and they're like, where did they get the money? Get for the this? Money. 
But it's a really soft moment where the two of them are very connected. um, And I really love that. And I think that's what sells Clayne more than some of the bigger-ish moments that we get. It's the little moments that we sometimes get between the two of them that are very, you know, very, they're very entwined with each other and very connected to each other. And before uh, Sue shows up with a Britain emergency, uh, (laughs) And how I just love the fact that when she says to them, we have an emergency and cuts, like, we're not going to fall for your elevator in a barn trick. And Blaine, like, cranes his head forward and starts shaking it slowly <laughs> left to right. As in, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm backing him up here. <laughs> it's exactly like the moment at the end of Hurt Locker when in, they, in they office. In Sue's office, and they yeah. come storming in there as if I mean, because they haven't changed. They are they were a couple, even not as a couple, and they're a couple now. And like that dynamic has not changed. And I love that consistency throughout <laughs> the whole show. Like, don't actually thank her. Uh, <laughs> like, I love how Kurt has a go at her, and she like, you know what? Whatever Sue is or isn't, I I do love her self confidence because the fact that she did like entrap two individuals against their will in a closed and fine space she can still turn around and say oh sorry that i threw you back into the arms of the love of your life i'm like no one else could come at that with like oh it's your problem not my problem <laughs> she's kind of great in that respect. yeah i i don't mind her a lot of people and like let's go into this next scene i don't mind her because she's supposed to be breaking the fourth wall and she's supposed to be pushing the narrative in the way it's supposed to go. Um, I I know we get into this next scene. We get Brittany saying, Hey, look, I want you to be a part of this wedding. Yeah. And you get Sue who's like, yep. Uh, we conspired to manipulate you to do this. Um, and a lot of you, I get it in a real life situation. If you're put into that kind of thing, that is a complete manipulation. It's a bad thing. Don't do that to people. Don't, if that's, you know, like that's a bad, 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 bad. Don't. But for this narrative, it doesn't bother me the way it, uh, this scene I feel like is very controversial because I think it did bother a lot of people. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are bothered by, they felt that Kurt and Blaine were forced to get married. And the thing that I always say to this is that they were given a choice and they chose to do it and not and well oh but they were trying to be you know emotionally manipulated into doing it and i'm like no this is the thing this is the backbone of of Kurt and Blaine being a romantic story is that this was always the end of the road it's just whether they wanted to take that leap of faith and and do it now as opposed to planning everything to a T and doing it later and this is the moment where when presented the opportunity what are you going to do not everything about this is them is not about Brittany and Sue's manipulations as it is. Here's this opportunity. Are you going to take it or are you not? And that's what the show is trying to do. And like, I feel especially when it's in situations like this fictionally, but also like, you know, this can happen in real life. Like, you know, like I'm the last person that's going to sit here and be like, Oh, you know, true love and all this kind of stuff. But I think in this sense, at least in this fictional universe, you know, I think that Kurt knew that Blaine was the man he was going to marry probably from, you know, the first week that he spent in his presence. Like, I think Mm. that he knew that. And I think that as soon as Blaine (laughs) listened to Kurt singing Blackbird, he knew that Kurt was the person he was going to marry. Like, I, I just feel that from them watching this show. So I don't think that this is ever a situation of 
they don't want to get married for me i'm just more upset that they didn't get to do it their way like that's the only thing that upsets me like for me a a wedding in a barn in rural homophobic indiana is not where i would think kurt and blaine would want to get married they should be getting married in new york where they love that what they feel like is their home with their friends with you know other people with where's elliot elliot's not at their wedding like those are the things that upset me that they didn't get to do it on their terms and they but but no like they want this it's just yeah having the courage to actually just do it that's yeah yeah. and that's the the point of the story and that's why like i said i mean she was already breaking the fourth wall she's not even a character anymore do i think it's uh, well, the stuff with Brittany, it also kind of like, how long has been Brittany been involved in this? Because that's, little, I mean, it's wonky. There's no great answer for that. Um, but, you know, it, it does seem a little out of character that Santana would be okay with it. But like, <laughs> I mean, and I'm glad they addressed that. Like, she's like, nope, I'm fine with you crashing the wedding. But it does seem like there's no way Santana would actually like give up her spotlight and give up her, you know. It's whatever. I I don't really necessarily buy Britannia being in on it. Um, but whatever, show if you really needed to do it this way. Um, I do wish. Um, I do wish that Blaine would have been a little bit more. Um, sure. When he was like, I know that he was like scared a little bit of, and especially of just getting back together, but I wish Blaine would have said, you know, explicitly, you know what, Kurt, I will do what you want, but I am here and I am ready and it is your decision. Um, because then I feel like Kurt saying, I want to get married now. It feels more like, you know, I don't know. That's just my two cents. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, I quite liked the way that they did this scene because even the way like it's shot, you've got Kurt kind of like, because basically, and I don't know what it's like in the script, but you have like Kurt has all the dialogue in the first bit of this scene because he's like, what's going on? And then like once, once Kurt says like, yes, you do just oh, think about it for a second. Bit, by the way. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. Like Blake, yes, like, <laughs> even from like okay i'm sorry but blaine's been oblivious since season two and he's still oblivious now that hasn't changed he's like yes yep. come on blaine you're a bit slow on the uptake but from that point on like he's like oh kurt's the one that's saying oh santana would never let us crash a wedding and he's like oh but you know the, 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 and then like the camera is like on him for so, and like you don't even really see Blaine's face, and he's like, "Oh come on, this is like absolutely ridiculous. Like, there's no way." Like, and then he turns around, and you just see Blaine's face, and he's just staring at him, like as if this is this is exactly what he wants. And I never felt much hesitation. Like, I just felt like Kurt kind of going, "Right, like talk me out of this." And Blaine's, I feel like Blaine's scared that if he says yes, it will scare off Kurt in a way. I think and Blaine that's what is- I. Yeah. that's yeah and i guess that's why i'm not with the kurt part of it i there's nothing about like when kurt talks about it he says you know this is romantic and weird he does not call it crazy he does not call it wrong he does not call it uh, you know all of yeah. a, a lot of derogatory terminology it's not there it's just i i, I you know it's just shock and like what but he has always been wanting to you know, marry the person of his dreams and have this fairy tale. And he loves surprise weddings and he loves surprise proposals and he loves all of this. And, and to get this moment and he's just like, wait a minute, this is surreal. I can't do this. And I wish 
turning to Blaine, Blaine would have been like, yeah, you can have this if you want it would have been the ultimate, like Kurt. And then again, I also wish they didn't cut to commercial. I mean, the, to have Kurt say, okay, I want this would have been much more satisfying to me than just cut to black. And then the next scene, but I don't like, okay. Like from like a, from like a romance point of view, I am like, Oh, that would have been great. But I also just love the fact that Kurt's just like, but, and then it's like the next thing we see, they're walking down the aisle. So clearly he was convinced somehow. <laughs> and it's just like, that always kind of made me giggle whenever I saw it. But I kind of, I don't know. I found Blaine's vulnerability in this scene really, really endearing. Like, I, like we rarely get to see him be the one that isn't taking the lead, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And, like, yeah. it's, yeah, like, Kurt, like you said, comes across as kind of, I don't know, like, I, I almost feel like when we... When when Kurt's talking and he's like, oh, there's no way we could actually do this. And he turns around. And of course, he, I think he, like maybe the audience as well, is expecting Blaine to have a look on his face. It's like, no way can we actually do this to kind of snap Kurt out of his romantic fantasy of like, oh, my God, is this actually possible? And then he turns around and Blaine just has that blank expression that's more hopeful and in love than anything. And he's just like, oh, shit, I think we're actually going to do this. And I, I don't know. I feel like for the moment that it that it was it kind of felt right for them but yeah it it would have been nice if they actually kind of had more of a mm-hmm. like passionate like in love proclamation of yes like i actually want to do this but then again they were in the presence of sue and santana so i don't <laughs> i mean they yeah. already have their private moments in front of sue with the with the doll and oh my god those fa- i mean can you imagine coming into a room and you seeing your face on a head like that and <laughs> <sighs> oh what i will say is that I really hope that those tuxes were actually the ones that they chose for their own wedding, like that they had a chance to buy them like before they broke up because otherwise even their tuxes, they didn't get to like Kurt loves clothes so much. Yeah. Like but I really hope that they, actually- I think I have a solution for your, for your um, struggles because uh, there is actually a fig uh, that le- um, gives Curtin Flame the opportunity to travel back in time and do all these things because Brittany actually has a time travel machine. <laughs> and, so, and so exactly at that moment in the in this room close to the barn, they travel back in time and do all the the like like having the marriage certificate and buying rings and buying taxes, the taxes that are later there. And and then they're going to get married. So you can you can be. Um, Did they eliminate David Karofsky from this timeline? <laughs> because that would, no, that would that would solve season six for me. <laughs> it's only only to get all the marriage. <clears throat> it's only to get all the yeah. marriage um, <laughs> organized. And it's it's called time after time. Uh, so let me ask you this: Was it Kurt and Blaine that went back in time, printed off to scale copies of their faces, laminated them, and then stuck them onto those cardboard? I think, I think this part wasn't wasn't part of the thing, but the the certificate and the rings and the taxes. So they did oh, okay. actually choose their own clothes, and especially Kurt did. So. Um. <laughs> 
I mean, what do we least, think of their tuxes? Because I, because I actually like them I better always... than the white ones, though. I think yeah. they're. I don't know. That's just me. I, I like I them. Love, I love Kurt's Kurt, uh, Kurt's uh, suit. Kurt's tux. It's great with this camouflage thing. Yeah. Underneath. Sorry. Very and Blaine is so classic. Um, yeah. I just I think that's now kind of going on. Unless there's anything that you, because I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that particular scene. Um, going on to the wedding part of it. Um, now, something that I I actually really do love. Now, I don't I don't think that she we needed to have it that long, but um, this episode needed to squeeze songs in somewhere um the at last sequence i actually really like i think that it's beautiful kurt is so happy and excited and he looks so gorgeous standing next to Brittany. and then you get oh my god blaine and santana damn darren and naya Naya could totally do like a (laughs) they're beautiful together um And I'm like, why did we not get more Blaine Santana stuff around, you know? But um, It reminds me of this fic I once read. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was where Blaine, Brittany, Santana, and uh, Kurt are in, like, a poly relationship. Well, not like poly, but, like, I think they are technically two separate couples, but they live together and they end up raising kids together. So they, like, are kind of a couple like but yeah so like and it kind of this this episode basically is like that because they they've never interacted before but now apparently they're walking each other down the aisle but they're very paired well i mean just very aesthetically paired, yeah. please yeah. i mean aesthetically they they paired them very well um everyone's reactions oh. everyone's reactions Brittany and, and kurt have a history together so that is incredibly sweet to see um but everyone's reactions um well, at, at the same time, I'm kind of like, it's the, like, so shocked. I'm like, would you be really shocked, really? Um, oh, but... spontaneous. I mean, I feel Klain, like I don't know, I feel like people expected Klain to have wedding planning going on for five years, not just yeah. a spontaneous wedding. But but my question is, so how was this meant to go down? Like, who was originally meant to walk these two down the aisle? <laughs> Maybe <Because> Pierce Pierce. <laughs> cool. oh my god i will say they cut out one of the most beautiful things bert ever says so that they can have those stupid my husband was in the bathroom jokes um Mm. at the end of bert's opening speech he says to kurt this is caught and i do go into a little bit more in the script episode but he says to kurt um as a personal note kurt i want to say that i love you and that your mother would be so proud right now and i i yelled at my i was reading the script and i yelled at my cat like screamed like why would you do this why would you take that out um i just love that yeah the the fact i mean oh i'm just i i don't usually get kind of emotional about but even though i love but but i just kind of i i forget sometimes you know where he started and it's like but is officiating his son's wedding. And the first time that we really get a scene with Bert, it's when Kurt comes out to him and he says, I guess I'm not totally in love with the idea. Right. Well, I think that's why it bothers me that those lines were cut out because this is the last Bert, Kurt stuff we get in the series. And in there, this is a a storyline that started in episode four of season one where where Bert was not happy with this idea that his kid was gay, but he was learning to accept it. And then to bring it all the way here, 
and to cut out those lines that would have like brought it full circle and be like, look, Kurt, I love you and I accept you and I'm happy to be this officiant on your wedding day to a man would have felt so full. So this is, oh God. Glee in their editing just drives yeah. me crazy. It um, is infuriating. But, the but fact- instead, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, please, please, please go through I was just saying, instead, we have to get another stupid joke about my husband was in the bathroom. He's pissing all the dogs. And they like stole that from my, like, I feel like they stole that from the Princess Diaries 2 or something, like where Mia's mom like goes to the bathroom to change the baby and she comes back and the queen's married and Anne Hathaway's not getting married anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that's still, like, you've just lifted that from another movie. Like, that's so stupid. Yeah. That's, oh. I mean, I feel like it's a little tropish anyway, but. Uh. The fact, though, that Kurt, like, because I feel like there was this, I don't know if you guys ever saw this online, but I feel like there was always this thing in fandom as to, like, who was going to get to watch who walk down the aisle. Mm -hmm. And I feel like most of us, I I don't know why it was this way, but a lot of us, I think, were kind of like, oh, my God, we I just really want to see Kurt watch Blaine walk up the aisle. You know, because, and there's this, and we've talked a lot about this on the podcast, about these supposed gender roles that people try to force Kurt and Blaine in, which is totally, it, it is not right in a lot of ways um but the fact that blaine is the coded male of the couple having to watch kurt be you know uh no like throw that all out that doesn't need to be a thing um especially i hated those fics where um bert was supposed to walk kurt down the aisle or some such nonsense i'm Mm -hmm. like why is why is that a thing um but no it is to watch kurt be excited and giddy and watch his future husband walk down that aisle and be so excited that he gets to have this gorgeous wedding to somebody he loves is one of the most satisfying moments in, in the whole arc and the whole series. It and, is, yeah. and so, like I said, a lot of the things that I love about this episode are the minor little moments like that. So, yeah, like I said, just to see him actually watch Blaine walk towards him is just like I never ah it was like the first time I saw I was just like and honestly like I really don't like Rachel but seeing Rachel's face during this was actually really moving like to see her surprise and to see her kind of connecting the dots as to what was about to happen that was really really sweet I actually thought that was really beautiful I really appreciated that she was actually really tolerable in this episode because she had nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> she just had I've that always... one line about, where am I going to find a lizard? It's just yes, like, yeah. true. That's exactly well, what I want Rachel to be doing, just not speaking. Rachel, Leah Michelle is very good at comedy and very good at being a secondary character. And I think that when they make her or kind of force her into the leading role, it kind of falls apart a bit, mostly also because the show just doesn't know how to write women very well. But, um, it's she works best as a secondary character and a comedic secondary character. And uh, she does have, I, I think she does really well in this, in this particular episode. Cause you're right. She doesn't really have to do anything. So <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you guys think of the vows then? Because I have to say like, usually like I, I know there was this whole thing in fandom at one time, and I have to say I was really hoping we'd get this too, but that especially after the first engagement got broken off, that Kurt would get to propose to Blaine. And I will say that I am disappointed that we didn't get that, just to kind of have that, like, 
lovely full circle moment and also to have that thing of where people thought he might say I'm auditioning for the role of your husband like that would have been really cute <laughs> like I I loved that I thought it would have just been absolutely adorable but we never really got to see Kurt do a big romantic speech and honestly I didn't think he had it in him because Blaine's been pulling the speeches out the like for years and then Kurt comes out with this beautiful like these beautiful vows about shadows and light and I'm just crying <laughs> I'm like where did this come from and I'm so glad he got to like do that and that it wasn't all on Blaine again that he did the big like epic speech yeah well I like Carmen, the, I was yeah, gonna tell like Carmen speak I don't want to talk over so sorry as I am now <laughs> I liked it uh, as well and I like the fact that Kurt had the main part of of the of all the lines uh, concerning the the vows because uh, he's and and everything he says or let let me start differently the the vows are splitted between the four people and they still seem like one speech like they all belong together but it's uh, uh, obviously it's like like it 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 seem it it uh, it's meant to be like it is cut between the people. So Santana and Brittany they have their own vows and they are very different from Blaine Blaine and Kurtz. But still, the way they are they are edited and the way they are they are shot, let it seem that like like this is one one um, entire vow vow that. Um, a that that speaks to all four of them. I don't know if I can get uh, through to what I really want to say. <laughs> no, no, no. It makes sense. Okay, you're it doing makes good. Perfect yeah. sense. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Really? Yes. It does. Absolutely. It does. And yeah. And yeah. They they like do a great job of yeah. Because like if you just wrote it down, it would just sound like one speech. And but they do a great job of making sure it's still specific to each couple. But it's flowing so it doesn't feel like really disjointed um yeah it's really really beautiful i i am gonna be i'm gonna be the odd one out and say i, oh. I have mixed feelings about it i will say because i have some pros and cons about it um and i'm not a huge wedding person in general so this kind of stuff doesn't really do much for me anyway but um kurt stuff on the positive side kurt stuff is amazing i think i love what he tells Blaine and that like what Blaine is to him and how, you know, some people have always tried to pull him out of the sunlight sunshine and pull him out into the light and, and not really like be respectful of the person that he is or understand the person that he is, but you don't, you see what I'm telling you and you try to help me. It was oh, really the kind so of like, <laughs> and it's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. And I, I, you know, there was a lot of people who, you know, had concerns after or the stuff that I read, like, you know, Kurt didn't want to get married or he's hasn't. I'm like, no, this, I mean, like, you didn't really, like, watch the episode. Kurt wants to be there and he is so happy to be back in a relationship where and, and, and very and he now having broken himself knows that Blaine is going to be there with him to help him through all of this stuff because he knows that he's a difficult person and he knows that, like, there's, it's not going to be an easy path all the time, but he's willing to take this leap of faith with Blaine. And that is incredibly powerful and very beautiful, especially coming from Kurt. Um, 
the parts that didn't really work for me, though, I actually think the interchanges between the four of them just undercuts the moment of beauty between each. Like, I feel like you should have had a a moment with Tana talking about what their relationship means to them and then claim, because I think the couples relate to each other in vastly different ways and to kind of, you know, intersplice them mostly because you have to do it for time um, under this one kind of umbrella of, you know, we have to like have one giant speech that you, it kind of, I think it, it it's kind of awkwardly cut. Um, I, I mean, at one point Santana talks about being bullied. I mean, like <laughs> what? Um, Does she mean like when she came out and like, the thin stuff i guess so i don't know i just i'm, I'm uh, I don't that was weird. yeah like i mean i don't really care about the britanna like bits see I and that's my point it's like it's supposed to it doesn't uh, you know to me part and like if people really like it i'm not gonna say no this is you know whatever that's great i'm glad you do it just doesn't i think it would have been nicer to see these couples have moments you know, that was specific to the, each couple and not have to feel like they need to intersplice it. Um, I personally think they did it on purpose to piss us all off, but um, like, <laughs> not really, not really. No, I think it, was it wouldn't, easier for them. it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Ryan, no, I think it would have been easier to write it as one big thing. I think they were trying to go for a poetic and I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it sucks. I don't think it like totally fails. I just don't think, you know, I, it, I don't know if it, it, other than Kurt's um, lines, I don't know if they were as, I mean, I think Blaine says one thing. He says, I don't know if I was ever going to experience real love or, you know, um, that's all he really says. Like, that's actually something that I wanted to put a pin in because I have, like I said, I'm just listening to your guys's podcast on Blaine's like intimacy arc. And like so many times it was brought up that he never really expected to have kind of the romance because he expected that his lot in life would be, well, I'm gay, I'm living in Ohio, so I'm never going to actually find a high school sweetheart like all of my peers are going to find one. So I'm just going to maybe experiment with people if I find them, but really I'm going to go off to college and I'm just going to do the practical thing and just kind of, you know, the practical side of relationships. And that's Mm -hmm. what he expected. And then to actually hear him say, I never thought I would find real love. is just like, it kind of, like backs that up and it's just such a lovely through line to kind of what he considered his lot in life to be and it's just like oh Blaine (laughs) Blaine. well and I like I said I I am also glad like I know I don't know how like huge Blaine fans feel but I do like the fact that he kind of does let Kurt have the bigger moments like Kurt is the one saying the more romantic and more profound lines. And this is his, as you guys were saying earlier, this is his moment to make the big speech, um, which he never really got. And, and I will say that Kurt isn't one, Kurt doesn't make the big speeches. He's not the one that gets four choirs and rose petals. And whatever. He's just, I mean, yeah, he will design a room to, to make it look, you know, sexy and, and have a little love den, but he's not really the one to be <laughs> over the top. Like he's, he's, just doesn't do that really um that's kind of blaine's thing but 
it doesn't mean um, he can't have his moments or like, and they let him have this moment over Blaine. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> I just, you know, it's again, and it's probably just, this is me now being completely hypocritical on the shipper and being like, ah, just get Bertana out of there. Let them have their moment by themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but then again, like, you know, think about it. If you were watching it and they, for example, Clayne had their vows and Britannia had their vows. Like, how would that work from a viewing standpoint? Because I right, think that's, that's why I said practically that's why I know yeah. why they did it. Just I be mean, a bit. That's why I feel like, you know, just having you could have even done, and I I understand why, I really understand why they didn't do this, but there's an interesting story to be told where one couple gets married and you can splice that together with another that's getting eloped or in a different location or whatever. That would have been a fascinating thing to do, but I mean, Glee wasn't going to do that, so that would have been awesome. Have been stylistically more interesting, um, but so, so yeah, they they get married. The wedding's short, really, um, which is fine. I'm not a big weddings person myself, so I, that doesn't bother me that it's kind of to the point. <laughs> and they get married and there's doves and there's kisses and there's hand holding and it's all cute <laughs> i love like that they're standing there like okay guys it's picture time this is going to be in all of the magazines <laughs> <laughs> all the local newspaper <laughs> local news- i meant for like the media for like oh, uh, you know glee is big gay wedding you'll never guess who got oh, married except for you God. will because you know <laughs> well yeah but at this point everyone's gay so it's like it's all all bets are off in fact i think i saw something on tumblr ages ago it was like remember when glee started and kurt was that one gay kid and now we're in season five and everyone living in the loft is gay and like the straight and people deal once out <laughs> yeah but yeah. Rachel, you know well and I even mean, in, in season six um they have a stretch i think out of the 13 episodes i think nine of them have gay kisses in them um which is a big deal um that's it's completely normalized on this show at this point so Uh claims at the path okay so getting into okay so the wedding half the second is really the second half of the episode which i don't like as much um kind of going to something that carmen said earlier um yeah it's it's really just the songs. Um, there's no plot, really. It's just music. Um, it's three songs, basically, in a row uh, with the teen and stuff mixed in. But we already talked about that. And I feel like, you know, it's gratuitous. Like, they, they okay, well, we're a musical show. We need to have, like, three songs on here. And this whole reception is just music. And I, I, I it falls flat for me. Um, you know, what Carmen was saying earlier was that, you know, here they are, they're just sitting there. They're kind of like a foot apart. It's season three again. They're not like, you know, <laughs> they just got Two married. dudes at a wedding like, saying five feet apart because they're not gay <laughs> at their own wedding. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, they, why did they not like, and Britannia being the focal point of a lot of the musical numbers in action get to do more things together, but Kurt and Blaine, they kind of fade in the background and don't really do anything for the next 20 minutes. And yeah, yeah and, I mean, they are actually, um, if you watch closely, the first, like, when Pierce is making his big old speech and when she's talking about OTP hats, they are kind of holding hands like underneath the table, but, um, yeah, yeah. it's just not a very, like, I wouldn't have a problem. I like, I don't really, I don't mind that it's very singy because a wedding reception is 
pretty much just music <laughs> but what I have an issue with is the songs they chose because a like hey ah and I'm so excited felt like I was at my year eight like dance at school in 2009 or something stupid like that like it was just really dated in my opinion like really shit wedding music like really like I don't mind the mom one so much like the one with the moms I think was really cute and like seeing everyone being embarrassed by their mom like that was nice but the fact that like like in I do that was also like a song heavy episode like in fact all the wedding episodes have been song heavy like Furt had a lot of songs in it I do had a lot of songs in it but I felt more like I felt my There's heart more ache more going like okay yeah. so let's break it down a little bit first of all can we talk about the really cringy OTP thing because mm. I ugh. I mean I know some people were bothered by the Hurt Locker but me like having Santana saying you're basic if you're not if you don't get what OTP is I'm like oh my god why is she Stop. Make this stop. It's almost um, as bad as when Finn calls him and Rachel endgame and I do. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we are endgame. And now all I think is like when he's a we are endgame, I just think of Benedict Cumberbatch saying we're in the endgame <laughs> game now. now. <laughs> I'm just like I now endgame is fit like literally Kevin Feige has ruined the term endgame for every fan. Which is fine because I love <laughs> endgame, but uh, maybe not for this. Um, we're in the end game now. I'm gonna start saying that on the podcast. We're in the end game now. Um, <laughs> um, but um, you know, the OTB thing I felt was really cringy and unnecessary. But they're they're like, hey, this is a not. Hey, guys, we want you wanted your your OTPs to get married. Here, we did it. We did it. Oh, fine. Um, the Heya was the reason that's there. It's Naya and Heather's shipper name, and so they, they thought it. it they put that in there. Carmen, I'm sorry. What did you say, hon? What, what shipper name was the Heya? Um, Heather Morris and Naya Rivera. Their hey, shipper yeah. name is Heya. H-E-N-Y-A. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's why they put... I'm pretty sure if there was a Chris Culver song... No, they probably wouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> if there was ever a song that had the words Chris Culver and it spelled C-R-I-S-S Culver, I would, like, oh lay down my, my hat God. to them because that would be very impressive to get that word organically <laughs> into as Like, that makes no sense. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. Though. And if they had it in the same episode, God bless. That would have been oh pretty impressive. Oh, my God. I would not have been happy with that personally. But... um. <laughs> Uh, um, the, yeah, it, it, you know, and Heather and Naya always kind of played it up where Chris and Darren were not really happy with that kind of stuff. So, um, I can see, you know, so you have that, you've got Artie singing on that song. It's just the girls being kind of crazy. Kurt and Blaine aren't really shown in the episode very much. I mean, in that particular song very much. Um, and then you have, I'm so excited and I get it. You have Gloria Stefan. You have all of these ladies. The, you're right. There's some cute stuff with, oh, my God, how embarrassing is it with, uh, you know, mom singing. And then Kurt and Blaine are just sitting, again, sitting off to the side as if they're, like, king and queen of this kingdom that they have to, like, they're being entertained by their minstrels. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, at one point, I think Kurt Blaine has his, like, hands or arm around Kurt or whatever when he, like, when, when Carol's up dancing. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, Kurt, like, Almost um, to 
pulls him down on the chair again, like like kind of um, um, comfort. And all oh, it's not so bad. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Nothing to be embarrassed. More yeah. like this. Yeah. Your moms are going to be embarrassing. Well, you know. Oh, and I forgot during the ceremony, I believe at the end, that's when Blaine has his little moment with his mom where she says, I love you. I do like, like when they're going up the aisle and Carol's like, oh my God, did you know about this? And, he's, and Pam's like, I didn't know about this. And there's that girl sitting in between them. I'm like, who's she supposed to be? That's like, so cute. <laughs> like, anyway. Um, and but, if, if you just mention it at, at the end of the ceremony, there's a little moment uh, there's a close-up of Carol where she points, uh, and I guess she points at Kurt, and she has a very serious uh, expression on her face. And it, to me, it's like we will have a talk later. Why didn't uh. you talk about this? So it's it's a very funny moment. It's just at the end of the ceremony. <laughs> Yeah. So cute. Just as a throwback to that Bert and Carol scene, though, just I want to throw it in there. I think one of my favorite little moments of the episode is um, when Bert's like, and you're going to make, or Carol says, I'm, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And Bert's like, am I one of them? And she's like, you are not one of them. You're one of the good things. And it's uh, they have a very good chemistry. And, and yeah. it's nice to see that because um, it's the last time we're going to see them before the like very last yeah. couple of moments. So, mm. um, But um, then we get... You know, it's fine. And then we get my kind of other despise. This is like the one thing I wanted from this episode. I can deal with no catalyst. I can use fan fiction for this. But as you were kind of talking about what Ms. Basie said, is that um, we don't get a, a first dance between we them. Don't! And instead what? we get... We get this, this you know, uh, quartet of them singing Our Day Will Come. Which, which is a seems, shit song, anyway. Why are they singing this after they've gotten married? I mean, I know, again, it's the, the gay equality or the marriage equality thing coming through. Um, it sounds like a 60s beach song, personally. Our day will come. Do, 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 you know? Like you're it plays a, you on know. my radio at work a lot. And, like, it makes me think of Clay now. But I'm just like, when this first came out on First Listen Friday or whatever day it was at the time, I don't I kept changing it. But I was just like, please tell me this isn't, like, Kurt and Blaine were supposed to sing Come What May to each other at their wedding. This is what we were promised. <laughs> I don't is... even mind that. I, I... Just anything that was, like, a, like, this is such a shit this sound, it's like, like I said, it sounds like a 60s again. island beach song where they're all having, like, a luau or something. And, um, I, I just... I would have, you know, the little bit before it where Kurt and Blaine are talking and Kurt's like, uh, my husband and I, and he's like, whoa, that's weird. I'm like, it's a super cute little moment. And and they're singing to each other, which is cute, but I would have forgone them singing for somebody else. Rachel can sing and, and they have a nice slow dance together. And that would have been, you could even intercut this, you could even intercut with Britannia and it would have been fine. But um, like, like I said, I felt more like heart palpitations in the five to 10 seconds of Clay's slow dancing during We've Got Tonight right. than I did in the entire wedding sequence, like post the actual wedding, like any of the mm -hmm. songs. I didn't feel anything. And even when they're singing to each other at their own wedding, I was just like, this was like, I felt more emotion when, like I said, when Finn took Kurt's hand and, 
took him up to dance with him during Just the Way You Are and during the moment when Kurt and Blaine were slow dancing. Like either of those two wedding dancey, like singing moments worked better for me and this and we know they can do better so i'm just a bit like well they're even even this last scene we'll get to in just a second is better than all this whole wedding sequence where that's basically just dancing and singing and clean isn't really it feels like season three again it just doesn't doesn't really work it's like they didn't they're like okay we're gonna push you in the background and not really worry about you anymore so uh, but then again, I usually skip straight from the wedding to the last scene anyway. So, <laughs> and I just like, like the mom's dancing though. Like I, th- I like I feel like seeing Kurt getting freaked out over Carol putting her back out or whatever, and then Blaine like putting his hands over his eyes for for his mom. But the one that kills me is when Pierce Pierce watches his wife dance, and he's just like unimpressed. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like like I think he's like cheering for the other moms and then when his own wife comes on he's like ugh (laughs) (laughs) I don't really like Pierce's long freaking speech but I do like when he says when Whitney goes up there and tells him and and he he goes I am I'm told that I am the ugliest man here (laughs) and ever if I take my clothes or whatever he says says, she says to him you're blowing it and by the way no one's uglier than you without your clothes off and then he goes I've been told that nobody is ugly thank you very much <laughs> it's just so cute I get it I mean uh, Ken Jeong who is the actor is a great actor he's on community oh, does a great job um, is he's he in the end game in, in the hangover he might oh, no, I never Leslie. saw that not Henry uh, Leslie Chow, he's like also this comic relief character. He's absolutely hilarious in the hangover. I've never seen that. I just know that um he he's an Avengers Endgame. If you guys want to check out his little cameo there, um, <laughs> I don't know why that's just on my head. Okay, um, but um, yeah, let's talk about this last scene because I think this last scene is probably again one of my favorite little moments, little scenes. So. It is great. Um. So, yeah, we get all of them in the auditorium. We've got Kurt in that great cat sweater. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's very tight. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, like, watching it, and I'm like, listen to the dialogue, listen to the dialogue, listen to the dialogue. <laughs> I mean, I, give credit. They're all really, I mean, like, I don't even, like, I don't really care that much one way or the other about Santana, but Naya in those pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> like. Everybody in the scene, I mean, Blaine in his adorable plaid thing that nobody oh. should be able to pull off. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, oh. They just, uh, but they they feel like it's not just about a wedding anymore. It's they're in their regular clothes and they're married and they're fine and they all look good. And and Sue has their um, honeymoons um, all picked out for them and. Uh, but I canceled that honeymoon. Yeah, but I canceled that. <laughs> it's just so great. It's great. Oh, but we already have a honeymoon. Yeah, but I canceled that honeymoon. <laughs> Jane Lynch I is, is, is a comedic goldmine. I, um, I love that Britannia, and this cracks me up because, you know, a lot of people were upset about this, and I can see why they did it. Britannia gets this huge, like, three yeah. month long whatever, and, and Clay gets a week. Doesn't and, but, like doesn't Blaine point at the piece of paper? He's like, uh, 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 hang on. <laughs> they both do. 
<laughs> they both yeah, do. But, and, but the, and the fun thing is that at first, when because uh, Blaine opens the envelope first, and when he opens it, he's all excited. Yeah, we have a weekend in Provincetown. Yeah, this is so great. And then when he hears that they have a whole month, then it's like, ah. Okay. okay. <laughs> then we take the weekend. But at the same time, I tell people, but this is the end of Vertana's story. Clayne has to be back next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <yeah>. So. <laughs> true. <laughs> but, like, would you want to bet that, like, Kurt's canceled honeymoon that he probably won't get the money back for was, like, an actual honeymoon length oh, and yeah. he got cheated out of like a trip to Disney World or something? <laughs> probably would be a I'm trip just... to Disney World. Oh, oh my God. Like, don't they even uh, um, come back earlier from their honeymoon because of mm-hmm. uh, Dalton burning down? So it's maybe just one and a half day instead of yes. a weekend? Or? I, well, there's that whole child star episode that has to happen in between. So I don't know. But maybe, maybe they decided to go on both. Maybe <laughs> they, they just prolonged the weekend on, on their own um, month. So yeah. just, yeah. Um, they're newlyweds. I don't think they were going to go anywhere in a hurry. <laughs> they're just like enjoying no. themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, shout out to the Ander Hummels and the Low Pierces. Um, yeah. I, for the most part, they, they kept the names. They, I mean, I never really was a huge fan of one taking the other's name anyway. So they, you know, they're going to take each other's names. But I like what did they like, have it? What did they hyphenate in the end? I can't remember. They didn't. They just kept it there. Oh, oh, I thought yeah. they did. Oh, I see. Because no. I was always a big fan of Hummel Anderson. I just thought it rolled off the tongue so much nicer than Anderson Hummel. Mm-hmm. Like, Hummel Anderson. It just, I don't know. I thought it was really yeah, cute. I, yeah, I think they just decided to keep their own names, though, which is fine. I mean, even you see, like, heterosexual couples doing yeah. that now. Like, they, but you know. They gonna, like, but what's their kid? Get? Like, but, like, that's like, like, I think it's great. And I completely support and encourage couples to do that. But then when you have a kid, it becomes a kind of like a game of, well, who gets well, what? Can, see, yeah. and that can hyphenate. Then you can hyphenate your kids' names at that point. Because, um, yeah, it's not, you and know, the parent issue legally, if they have a different last name to you, for example, is that not a bit strange? Because it is technically a different last name, isn't it? To, to like, both parents. I don't know. That is a bit, like, Oof. it's something that they have to, I don't know. You can fan fiction that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, the Sue says the gender gentle Hummel bears, uh, gender gentle amateur Hummels, and the uh, feisty, artistically feisty low pierces. I don't know. Whatever. It was very well said. I was like, oh, that's interesting. You really got them all. Yeah. Um, Sue and her blouses. Um, <laughs> but I like. I do like the fact that Kurt and Blaine are, I mean, yes, in, in their room and uh, like all the things we've been talking about with the relationship, they're on the same page again. Oh, sorry. Hold on. <coughs> Bless you. But they, you know, Sue calls them both gender gentle. And I, I think they both are that. And I think they are very similar kinds of gays. So, um, I don't know. I just think that's kind of cool as a side note. Yeah, I love that as well. Um, but yeah, then you know, we the thing, uh, yeah, this last moment after she leaves, after she starts talking about, you know, shipper fodder and puck sadies, which was a thing back in season yeah. one. It was for one yeah. episode. It was an actual thing. Yeah. Um, or for Barry, gotta get in the lesbians. 
Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine I, if, like, Quinn had ended up being the wife at the end? How fandom would have just shit itself? Oh, my God. Can you, yeah, but, but, but in theory, there would have been nothing stopping them from doing it because they would never have to return to it ever again. <laughs> the show's good, finished. Oh, man. <laughs> I do like Jesse St. James coming oh, back, Oh, no, though. like, they yeah. are my OTP for, like, those two. But I'm just still, like, oh, my God, like... In, in my head, I'm like, that would have made me so, like, would it would have just hilarious. been I don't care. Hilarious. I just know there were so many Faberry shippers out there. Um, so, but my favorite, favorite thing is this last <laughs> moment where they, they you know, uh, hold hands and, and come, yeah. go back up the thing together. And they just really... Uh, Blaine is just so like in this love place and Kurt's so relaxed and, and confident and comfortable. And they're just chatting with Britannia, like old friends as they should. And it's, I wish the whole, you know, next episode would have been just the four of them just chilling and hanging out like this and having fun little cute conversations. Cause this is really the sweet part of the episode is this little moment so right here, cute. I think. And like, I'm sure that you guys have seen them, that like clip that's been gift to death. But like the fact that like Kurt takes Blaine's hand, then Blaine mm-hmm. looks at his hand and then looks back up at Kurt and is like, yeah, he just took my hand. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Cause we've yeah. had that. Obviously how Kurt's been like, not very much like that recently, probably like I can imagine that it's like, before all this, like it's been a really long time since Kurt has just spontaneously taken Blaine's hand. And just the fact that he like Blaine just looks like he could die of happiness. And like, this is all he wants is just, and like he said, like our hands were made to hold each other's like forever. So this is like what he, and I'm just like, mm, like so happy yeah. for them. It's I know just, that one, that one gif has so much meta on it. Oh, oh my gosh. I'll have to see if I can dig it up. But, um, it is, it's such a beautiful, understated, sweet little moment that it, it, I, it does almost, it goes so fast in the episode that it's better in, in gif's form. But, oh yeah. Um, it is such a beautiful, beautiful little moment and it's really, yeah. Okay. They're married now. They're fine. They're going to be happily ever after. This is the end of the fairy tale. They get their happy ending. Oh, and I couldn't be happier for them. Like seriously, it makes me so happy. And even, and, and, you know, even though I would have liked it differently for them, I wanted them to have their big day just for them. I wanted them to do it their way. I wanted them to have every little bit be reflective of exactly who they are. But like at the end of the day, I'm just glad that Ryan Murphy couldn't touch them anymore. <laughs> like that yeah. was my thing. They're safe now. He can't do any more harm to them. Although I will say, and like, you know, just going back to what Carmen said at uh, at the beginning of the episode, and I know this is kind of treading on finale toes, but just because this is kind of like the end for their story in a way, if they had had their wedding at the end of the season I think I would have preferred that only because I feel like they have had five years as a married couple which is really really great but they're still so young when that when they have that baby that I'm just like like they look like they look too young to be married in this episode and they look too young to have a kid later on as well. And I'm just like, I wish that they'd had like a decade of like, you know, fun and traveling and like crazy and drinking and like everything before they like had a baby because their lives are just going to be so different after that. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, pretty much. I don't really have anything to add on on your point, pretty much. Um, 
it works. Well, first, before I kind of go into a wrapping up type thing, I let's shout out to Brittany's whole like, hey, we got married on the same day. We're gonna have the same anniversary. Let's get together every year. And like the rest of them were like, no, we're not doing that. That's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Even Santana's like, hold up. No, no, honey, no, no we're not doing no. this. Uh, cracks me up. And the music, the scoring underneath it, it's actually season two um, incidental music in the scoring. Oh. And um, so it's another throwback to the way the show ended back then and stuff like that. It's another season two thing. So um, a neat little musical cue there. Um, I don't think we get the clean theme. Do we? Oh, we do. Maybe we do at the reunion. Um, I thought we got it like during the like them deciding to get married bit. But that no, could that's something known. completely. That's no, not. It's different. I think it's the reunion. I'll have to go back and watch. I don't remember. But, um, mm. but yeah, you know, I'm glad the episode ends on a on a really nice note um, because it is so. It's hit and miss. There are are good parts of it. There are parts that are. You know, we all wish that they could have done better. Um, this is the end of the Clane story. I mean, I, yeah, I know we're going to get that little epilogue and them, you know, being older and having a baby and whatnot. But it is, it wraps up it, Kurt and Blaine's stories for the most part in this episode. And, and yeah, it's, it almost feels anticlimactic only because it's over and it isn't the be all an amazing, wonderful thing that we had kind of all wanted it to be. Um, so it does feel, I'm like, okay, well that happened and now it's done. And now we just have to wrap up the series. It feels okay. Uh, so I, I mean, at least that's how I feel. I can't speak for you guys, but yeah, pretty much. It's just, I mean, I don't know, like, I get what you're saying about how, like, oh, it's mostly about the Glee Club, and, like, I do agree with you and stuff, but I just feel like the Glee Club has always been, in my opinion, so entwined with the romances, like, you know, Finn and Rachel saying I love you for the first time at regionals, and, you know, all the couples fighting behind the scenes, and duets in the choir room, like, for me, the couples have always been such a huge part of what the Glee Club has been about, and the drama of it all, that it just, I wish that we had, like, to have, like, a Britannia wedding, like, here, like, in Ep 8, which it's not really the halfway point, but you can kind of call it a weird halfway point in a way. And then to have the Clane one being the ending, which I think we all agree is the A couple at this point, like, mm -hmm. with Finn being no longer with us. And I just feel like you could have still had your Glee Club stuff happening and... It, like and still like you know for example all of the all of the characters are coming together at the end to watch Rachel win her Tony so you could still have them getting together just getting <laughs> together at a wedding or something and I just feel like that would have been a really nice way to have everyone in the same place again and you can still wrap up all the Glee Club storylines as well I just think that Clayne was such a big deal at this point in the show because of they deserve like them, to be more than the beat yeah, of somebody it, else's yeah, wedding episode. It just, yeah. it just felt, it just felt like it was. And again, I hope that they do. In my like, in my head, Canon, I would wish that they do like a vow renewal at some point when they get back to New York for all the off-screen friends that I'm sure they made but didn't get paid to be in the show mm -hmm. and like you know and like with the people from the old folks home like they should be at the wedding <laughs> i'm like, sure they i'm sure i have you know i, I had canon yeah. that kurt and blaine had their own version yeah. of their own little like party and stuff like yeah, that, that you know great so. 
Um, Yeah, what are your final thoughts on it? Um, Yeah, my final thoughts are that I'm, uh, like I said earlier, I am satisfied with the way the story went, and I can even uh, be comfortable with the way the wedding happens when I include all the fictions that I've read about it and and that I've read about all the the plot po- uh, plot holes. Um, one thing that always bugs me a bit about and, and I don't want to ruin the mood now at the end <laughs> after Roxanne's perfect little um, uh, 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 vision of how the it all could have ended or, or what. <laughs> And it is about it, but the thing that always bugged me a little bit was that Plain uh, and Kurt tried to live together two times, and they failed two times. The first time you could say, okay, there were too many people in the in the in the loft, but the second time they were alone, and still they failed living together because yeah. of all the issues they had. I know they had been in therapy in between, both of them which is a very important thing, but I just hope, uh, and of course, uh, Glee proves it to me because five years later, they are still together. So they should have had some therapy and some some uh, working together to be able to get to that point, but it surely wasn't easy, I, I assume. Oh, yeah, and I agree. And I I think just kind of headcanning into that, my biggest thing is with that loft, you had a space that had no doors and no walls and no place that you can go to be by yourself. All the people were there and all of the issues that were not resolved before season six. And I think that season six did resolve that they just didn't do explicitly say that i mean i think the uh, like as i think i said in the the episode the elevator um that they were stuck in was a metaphor for you know them being stuck in that loft and not being able to get along and they and they managed to get out of that and be better people for that and and so it's it really kind of at this point like you said earlier carmen a lot of times you you take your own head cannons and i think something that happens with like being in a fandom you know you get one person who's like this doesn't work for me because they all have these problems and then it just snowballs and then you can't unsee it it's kind of like when you you know if you watch a movie and you love it and then you find the actor is a complete douchebag who beats his wife and you can't like unsee that from your and it ruins your favorite movie i i feel like it's kind of like you know that like we get into these head cannons and head spaces or it just can't work for you and that's fine I, I don't like you know i've had a couple of friends of mine um in fandom who season six doesn't work for them they just can't make it work there's nothing at the end of the season that really solidifies like covering up these issues and and i'm, I'm I, to them i say oh okay i can't change it for you um and and i'm not gonna try you, you can either be okay with it or get the fan fiction or whatnot. But yeah, Glee, I'm not going to, I do think Glee has plot holes. I do think Glee has things that they should have done better to be more explicit, to be, to fill out the story. Um, But at the end of the day, I I can't fix any of it. It's, it is what it is. And it's so ambiguous that I guess, however you come at it is going to be how you interpret it. So exactly. Glee for me has always cut, like I, my kind of, 
golden age of Glee was always season two. Like that was the kind of age that I just felt like things were just really good for like Clayne and Kurt and the storylines were just really kind of great. And I loved the kind of ending of that season, like with the hopeful New York arc. And like by the time we got to season six, I think, I mean, obviously I didn't actually watch season six. I just watched the Clayne relevant stuff, but Mm-hmm. I felt by that point it was much more just like, okay, I'm in the fandom, but unfortunately the show has kind of let me down at this point. And and yeah, I think also, I think when you start watching a show just for a couple, you know that it's kind of like, uh, like that's pro- there's, there's probably not a lot else there that matters sort of thing you know like like I can watch season two and be really really entertained by like a lot of the other stuff that's going on that's not necessarily the case for like other seasons I do really like season five a lot I I mean I just love anything that's set in New York so that gave it like a different kind of grip for me yeah it was just so like nice and like they were on location a lot and like we're and like you've got the diner and you've got the loft and it's really really great I just think that yeah I I read a lot of clean fic like during season six and I just feel like I think that by that point the fic was better for me than what was happening <laughs> yeah, well and, and like I said you never yeah. I think this yeah. episode even if it fixed all of the issues that we personally had with it probably was never going to top love 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 like that was the romantic climax of the story in some ways and while there's a lot of really great stuff after it and a lot of growing and developing and to get to this point I feel like once you've had something that big and that much of a spectacle and that much of a a romantic (laughs) moment culmination of everything that's come before it it's really hard to reach up to it exactly so it's kind of funny because like we're here at the end and and it like kind of the way the the episode feels to me it feels almost anticlimactic like we're here and yeah we've talked for three hours now but it's like uh, you know (laughs) it's like okay well this is the end of the story it's you know it's it's just well okay I mean and some stories are like that I guess I mean that's just the way R.A.B. tells their stories is that they have some great great middle stuff Mm -hmm. Um, I mean I wouldn't even say they're very good at beginnings because I don't think they are but um, Mm -hmm. they've got some really great stuff that we have all been at least we've been blessed that there's been such a rich community and a rich fandom to give us some amazing things because at the end of the day, Glee kind of just petered out at the end. Yeah. And and some um, great memorable moments. I mean, for Christ's sake, like, you know, you've got stuff like Prom Queen and, you know, things like that, which like, I still think about. Like, I think about, you know, all of those cute moments and them dancing together, like, you know, on the dance floor and like the first time. And, you know, we have a lot of amazing stuff. Moments. For yeah. Clayne. Like, that's why we love Clayne, you know, is because, and I think, and, do you know what I will say? I think it's a testament to, you know, as as much as the RIB may not have, you know, done a great job all of the time with Clean, I think it, we have to hand it to them that they built on such a solid foundation that mm-hmm. everything that came after that, I think it didn't really matter if it wasn't like perfect because the foundation for Clean, that beginning arc with Kurt showing up at Dalton and it being this magical fairyland and slow motion running and teenage dream and smiles and did he mean to touch me I don't know if he meant to touch me like I think that that foundation is so pure and so brilliant and better than anything they'd done up until that point that that was it like anything that you built on that was just going to be amazing so I think that season two in my opinion kind of carries a lot 
of what happened for this ship and why people still loved it even in season six. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's true. Yep. So, well, I think we should probably wrap it up there because I yeah. think it's a nice place to end it. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we do you have coming up? We've got more discussions. I mean, I know in a couple of weeks I'm going to do the Clane full arc. Um, we're going to talk about each of the characters' full arcs. We're going to talk about. We're going to have a couple of podcasts that fill in some of these blanks that we're missing um, with our own head cannons and and stuff. Um, so we've got a lot of really interesting podcasts coming up. I know we're we're barreling towards the end here, but I do have a lot of reflective things that I have coming up for you guys. So um, keep an eye out for that. I want to thank Carmen and Roxanne for coming on and having a great great conversation about an episode that isn't everything that we wanted it to be, but there is still a lot of good stuff to pull out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great Sunday. But now they're okay Only me or my You're the apple of my eye Girl, I never loved one like you Found you hiding here So won't you take my hand, darling There's nothing that can stop you From becoming popular Lar And